0: Oh, this kind of sounds bad.
1: I apologize. This is the person I found. So, we have a different show now. We're still going to be doing Razzleboy's Weekly Reviews, but this is a new series I thought up while I was at work and... ...somewhat lucid. I was kind of high on energy drinks when I thought of it.
2: Are you drinking that one that burns your stomach again? No, I'm
1: never drinking that again. That was a fucking nightmare. <laughs> I am
2: Allie. I'm Mega Fighter. And I'm the special guest.
1: He's he's special guest. <laughs> he's
2: Hello. The sir. Guy, he's the he's uh, the guy uh, we talked about last episode.
1: Who yeah. wasn't there for our Virginia show. Both shows were in Virginia uh, am, and you weren't there. <laughs> I am the resident Virginian Rob. So um I guess I was listening to a different podcast and I sort of thought I kind of found it really interesting that one of the guys who was doing a review of an episode of something didn't tell the other two what he was going to review before he began. And I thought, what if we turned that into an entire premise where each of us review something and the other people in the fucking review don't know what it is. (laughs) Yes. This is kind of a way to make up for the fact that for the last five weeks, four or five weeks of WWE in 2002, Nothing they has fall fucking into, happened.
2: <laughs> They've fallen into a rut of sameness, and that's kind of affected the quality of the show a little bit.
3: Yeah, like I, I, we kind of got ca- We kind of Le- got
1: kinda, me, We got a little tired.
3: Let me <laughs> yeah. guess. Open up, 20-minute tr- Triple H from home.
2: Surprisingly, no, <laughs> but you're probably gonna get the same Dudley's versus Spike and Taz match. Holy shit. <laughs> we should probably stop this music now. <laughs> we can, Yeah, we can cut this.
1: Also, his name's mm-hmm. Rob. Uh, Yeah, yeah, I I did. I thought I said
2: that at one point. No, no, I just called you you special guest. (laughs) You just said special guest. This is Slick Rob. Our, we brought. We did. We did name check him on our last episode. so. So there
1: are some rules that we must follow in the series. So let me tell you about. First rule, it has to be any media with a wrestler in it. So pretty much, you can. It doesn't have to be a wrestling show. It could be movies tv shows guest appearances
3: so i'm reviewing one night in china no <laughs> you could, <laughs> you, could. No. <laughs> you could i refuse <laughs> second of all it
1: needs to be at least a couple minutes long so it doesn't it isn't just like i watched a commercial with sting in it the end <laughs> you know <laughs> He beat
3: the shit out of that 12 year old.
1: And the third rule is it can't be from the show we're reviewing. So no SmackDowns from 2002, no Raws from 2002, no, no pay per views from yeah. 2002. Unless you're like. Unless you're, like, a, different unless you're a, diff- a different company. And it's like, oh, I got a TNA thing. And it's like, ah, fuck yeah. it. Let's watch that.
3: Who goes first is my question. <laughs> mm. I have one that's really good. So, whether you want to start with that or you want to end with that is a good question. Because, like I said, we all watched different
1: shows and we didn't tell the other person what we watched. Yeah. I kind of fucked up and I gave some hints, but you gave I'll, hints, but I I'll don't make know sure the not to picture. do that next time.
3: <laughs> all I know is that there are matches in yours. That doesn't. That There's could be matches any. Matches in mine, too, so.
1: Yeah, we both watched wrestling shows, but I. How do we determine who goes first? I didn't realize we had this conundrum before we started.
2: (laughs) I had a few possibilities. One was like chronological order. One was by length of the show you watched. Like, but I never, I don't think we ever discussed anything definitive.
1: All right. uh, How about this? We'll draw straws in the way of, we will say the year of the show that we watched. And earliest
2: goes first. I feel like it's
3: gonna be me then.
1: Nineteen ninety, nineteen ninety-five. Uh, but... <laughs> uh um,
3: Mega Fighter, what's yours? I have to look r- mine up. Okay, uh
2: 1989.
3: Oh my god. <laughs> um 1988. Holy shit!
2: I thought I was gonna win that one for sure. <laughs> Okay.
1: I guess our guest Rob goes first in what he gets to review. I thought we were going to save the best for last,
3: but well, we drew straws. I guess (laughs) guess in this case, we're going to start with the best and then work our way down. (laughs) (laughs) And then garbage. (laughs) So I watched a movie for this uh, review, and it is arguably the best movie starring a wrestler. Oh, and also you have to Started with if
1: you're gonna t- name the title, you have to do this. So, let me tell you about gimmick.
3: Ah, okay, yeah, so don't me, worry, he's he's ended. Okay, go. So, let me tell you about John Carpenter's They Live.
2: Oh, shit.
1: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> haven't watched this one. Uh, I know we some vague did. things about it. A bunch of people, a bunch of like people on the internet and political weirdos sort of, like, miss the point entirely of the movie. Uh Yeah, so... We
2: almost did a, an episode of um Riddler's podcast about this. The so, edge reality.
3: So, I'm not going to really touch on the politics uh, too much in this one. The
1: economics. Um...
3: Reaganomics. um because that's a whole can of worms I don't want to get into. It, 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 it would be risky if we start talking politics on this show. Uh, let's um, stay
1: not political for the most part.
3: Yeah, yeah. I, I, I will. I will touch on the points of the story. Um. Oh my God! I if will... I'm going
1: last, this is gonna
3: suck. Oh God! Yeah. <laughs> well, you could you could switch it if you like, but here's. Uh, I will give you a brief summary of uh, they live. And then I will talk about some of the uh, more the highlights. Um, they live, which I, I am a huge John Carpenter fan. And like you, I had not seen this movie before last night. I watched it last night for this show. Oh, my God. So uh, and I have no idea why I didn't watch it until this point. Uh, so the movie stars, uh, as you'd imagine, or you might have heard, Roddy Piper. I think he um, had, like, a brief hiatus. He like, had left after,
2: like, Wrestle Me If free. Oh, shit, I'm
1: sorry. We missed the other gimmick we were doing for... So let me tell you about where we have to guess what it is before they
3: say it. But it's fine, we'll do Damn it. Damn
2: it, fuck it. This is This is more fun. Yeah. Okay.
3: All right, well... Yes, too late to put that cat back in the bag.
1: Oh, yeah, Um, cat's out of the bag.
3: But, I mean, I could have said it's a movie starring Roddy Piper, and your guesses would have to be either They Live or Welcome to Frogtown.
2: Hell Comes to Frogtown, excuse (laughs) me. Yeah, it was Hell Comes to Frogtown, where you see a woman's breasts. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) And and, and Roddy Piper has a bomb attached to his dick. (laughs) Absolutely true. I feel like you've chosen poorly. No.
3: <laughs> know, you could have picked the other 1988 classic. Either way, one thing we'll evaluate about this movie is whether it was worth it because Roddy Piper got into a fight with Vince McMahon about this movie. Vince didn't want him to do this movie and told him, quote, a- according to uh, an interview Piper did, A couple years later, in the early 2000s, Vince McMahon told him, "Quote, you'll have another movie in a couple months," and Piper told him, "Not with John Carpenter, you won't." I mean, it is John
2: Carpenter. That is fascinatingly hypocritical (laughs) of Vince, given how often in the WWE documentaries. Whenever they bring up Hulk Hogan like after his first run with the WWF how he left cuz Vince senior didn't want me to do the Rocky movie and it's
3: like and so you're he saying He did the Rocky movie before he went to WWF. He was in no, AWA.
2: Had, well no, he went to WWF and like had a run before he became like Hulk Hogan or when he was like Big Star Hulk Hogan.
3: Okay. Here's the
1: thing that's very interesting. I feel like the reason that he was so bugged about it was because he didn't have an in. Like he wasn't going to get a cut of it.
3: Exactly. Most likely. So, which fits in very well with this movie. Uh, so, getting back to it. Um Funny enough, the movie opens with Roddy Piper walking around. He's basically homeless and looking for work. Does he have a name? He's listed in the credits as Nada. Okay. N-A-D-A. Just doesn't have he does, one. <laughs> he does not have a name.
1: That's interesting. Okay, I didn't yeah, know he that.
3: Goes, he goes through this entire movie without being named. So it's just Roddy Piper. <laughs> you could just say Roddy Piper going through the streets. In my notes, he's only referred to as Roddy <laughs> um, so he's looking for work um, he's originally from Cleveland Cleveland and apparently all the banks shut down there the town went broke he's looking for work in um, I forget I think this is set in Los Angeles most likely uh,
1: it was probably filmed in Los Angeles at
3: least yes be, it, actually it, it might def- have been filmed is, in Canada it is definitely set in Los Angeles um,
0: If so it's in Los
3: Angeles then it's filmed in Canada <laughs> He's going around to different uh, places looking for work. His first stop where we really hear him talk is uh, at a government office looking for work and they have no compassion there and tell him they have nothing for him uh, While he's on walking along his journey, he comes across a like guy on the street preaching about our our uh the masters looking over us, which will be a theme we'll touch on later.
0: Um master 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 Um Master Master then, Master
3: Then uh, then he walks up on a construction site, asks for a job And basically gets it, which is the either that that is something that happened in the '80s that just doesn't happen anymore, or this is movie magic.
1: I was gonna say, can I work
3: here? Sure, pee in a cup. Come on over. No, actually, you don't need to pee in a cup.
1: Everyone's on cocaine.
3: (laughs) Well, here's here's the entire scene. I can tell you because I've I've pre I watched it a couple times. I couldn't really hear it that well. Um, the entire scene is he walks up, he's like you guys c- could use some help? Maybe. Well, uh Maybe. you know, you know can, can I get a job? Well, this is a union job. Okay, well. You like unions? Can, can I talk to the shop steward in that case? Oh, so that's why Vince didn't like this movie. Cut and then Roddy Piper is out there shirtless working in the on the construction site. Got all his paperwork done. Yeah. I I I've I made a note is I wonder if one of the conditions of casting a wrestler was that they had to work shirtless at one point in the movie. John Carpenter's sitting there smoking his cigarette. I need more women to watch my movies. Ah, oh, fuck yeah. Lift <laughs> that. Uh, qu- John Carpenter sounds a lot like my Vince McMahon.
2: Lift that bag a quick <laughs> crate. <creed>. Uh- <laughs> 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 I mean, to be fair, what does a John Carpenter impression usually sound like? Someone with
0: a horrible, horrible smoker's Long- lung. <sighs> Again, I'm sure. Okay, that was very
3: creepy. I'm gonna move on from that. I mean, have you seen John Carpenter? I'm not
2: entirely sure he's human anymore.
3: <laughs> he does look like the Crypt Keeper, but are you
1: saying that <laughs> show all of some John Respect. I was gonna say are you saying that all of John Carpenter's the thing was just John Carpenter trying to recruit people for a movie? <laughs> 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 Dog splits in half. Hey it's John Carpenter <laughs> I'm God. thinking of making a film.
3: <laughs> I'm <thinking> of... You <laughs> want any Kurt Russell? Ah! <laughs> <laughs> so, speaking of the thing, on the construction site, uh, Roddy Piper runs into our other main character, Keith David. Keith David, whose name here is Frank.
0: So Frank and Nada. <laughs> yes. Um. And uh,
3: Keith, I was going to call him Keith, but uh, Frank notices that uh, Roddy Piper is carrying around a backpack with a sleeping bag on it. And he's like, hey, man, you need a place to stay. And so he shows him basically to this um, homeless collective that he stays at. Hobo Hotel. Uh, Like it's a hobo commune. Hobo Commune. Like, there's a bunch of tents and sort of shacks So like a, out tent, in a Like a tent city or something? Yeah. yeah. Across from a church. That and is they some, got TVs out there. That is there, some so they Oregon shit
2: right there. <laughs> I mean, it is California.
3: That does sound about right. Um, So, they have TVs out there at the, the Hobo Camp. Or ATV. That's uh showing... Uh, the news or what commercials, and this guy keeps cutting in with sweaty close-ups of his face, talking about um, the illusions of what's around us. It's very similar. Um, if you've ever seen another John Carpenter film, *Prince of Darkness*, it's it's got a very similar feeling to the dream sequences in that which that's because they got those by filming a TV, but uh, he's hacking through the signal, and the one of the hobos complains that that's the the uh, second time this week that someone's hacked into their TV signal and c- complains about it.
2: First time which, it was a dude dressed like Max, Max Headroom.
3: Yes, and spanking his ass. Um, but when we're, when we're looking at this, uh, they react pretty much the same way you would if you, some crazy, crazy, sweaty guy started talking about uh, the invisible masters around you, You'd go,
0: the fuck What the,
3: what the <laughs> fuck is this?" And why are you interrupting my TV? When are you going to start talking about brain force? Brain force) <laughs> All right. No, that's not for another couple of years. (laughs) Take Vitality Shield with iodine. (laughs) Oh, my God. (laughs) So, uh, there's this church across from the Hobo Commune. And uh, for some reason, Roddy Piper is suspicious of the fact that uh, one of the guys at the Hobo, the guy in charge of the Hobo Commune is going into the church at four in the morning. Personally, I would just mind my own business. But are <laughs> well, you um, making church pudding at 4am?
1: Because i lost <laughs>
0: control of my life. <laughs>
3: <laughs> um, so, eventually, Roddy Piper goes into the church to investigate. He hears, like, choir rehearsal in there. And when he walks in, there's a tape playing. Uh, the the it's piping out the, the singing. And it looks like it looks like he walks into a meth lab. It's a lab, but it looks like like someone's cooking in there. It's fucking but, fucking
1: Heisenberg turns around. Yeah, but Get instead of, here, of Walter buddy.
3: white making
0: meth, it's sunglasses on the table, and boxes everywhere. So he leaves. Uh, while the while the people in the church
3: are, are apparently the people who are sending out the signal that's hacking into the TV. That night, uh, in a thing that is very appropriate to the times we live in, and uh, I will not comment on it further, uh, the police roll in and steamroll the, the hobo commune with Riot Shields and batons at the ready. Dinner. And bas- basically beating the shit out of anyone who tries to stop them. Just while they're screaming,
1: Have you ever taken a trip down to Copcannon, Jordan?" <laughs> <laughs>
2: oh, God.
1: Entertain, <laughs> respect your honor, <laughs> time.
3: Surprisingly, it's not Big Ball Man. Big Ball Man. Not, not Big Ball Man. It is not Big Ball Man. Um... But it is a a arm veritable army of police. In the middle of this, uh, Roddy Piper rescues a kid, and and stays put in a in a uh, abandoned building with him until morning, when he goes to investigate the church, and takes a pair of the sunglasses, and that's where the story
0: actually starts.
3: I really hope we're more than ten minutes into the
1: movie. <laughs>
0: We are. <laughs> okay, we good.
3: Are. <laughs> That's like 30 minutes into the movie. Then the rest of it is him putting on the sunglasses and seeing pretty much, if you've ever looked up this movie, this has been spoiled for you. Yeah, pretty much. Obey, uh, consume. O- obey, consume. Uh, Marry, have children. Stay asleep is on there multiple times. Um, you know it would be weird and kind of funny
1: in a weird way? Like, he's looking at a bunch of billboards, and then he puts on the sunglasses, and then it's just like, obey, consume, stay asleep, don't wake up, and then Coca-Cola. Just, <laughs> <laughs> like, the Coca-Cola one just stays the same.
2: <laughs> ah, it turns out they're not taken over by aliens. They're just nope, evil they're, on their own. No, they're just
1: evil on their own. <laughs> <laughs> you know...
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> that is
3: great um I wrote down here I don't know what this was oh okay so he walks around and sees um all these aliens um and when he starts reacting to them and calling them ugly like you just you ugly he straight up says s- t- to a, Lady, like, you put your, your face in an acid bath. <laughs> they they apparently have a watch that can commu- communicate with each other and the police come for him, and, which leads to a great scene where Roddy Piper fucking clotheslines a cop.
0: <laughs> Hell yeah. <laughs> Fuck you. Um... And,
3: of course, the famous scene where he walks into the bank and probably the most famous line from this movie, I'm here to chew bubblegum and kick ass, and I'm all out of bubblegum. And then proceeds to... Time
0: There's- to sh- kick gum and chew ass.
3: Yes.
1: <coughs> and I'm all kick out em.
3: Of ass. <laughs> <Did> kick <'em. laughs> <laughs> and he just starts blowing away the aliens um no. so basically to anyone who doesn't have the sunglasses he just murdered a bunch of people
0: yeah it does just look
2: like
3: a, sh- a bank shooting just happened yes <laughs> he he didn't even rob them. he just murdered people um this movie people. this movie also predicted drones because a drone does uh One of the the alien devices is a drone that spies him,
0: uh, which he also shoots. Um, I'm going to speed along, because it's a long sequence of him
3: seeing uh, seeing, uh, aliens and then shooting and running away from the police. Um, He does... uh, Meet up with a lady called Holly, who he abducts at gunpoint. Holly And makes her uh, drive him away from the police. Um, Holly's, a, she,
1: Holly's a human, right? Or no? Yes.
3: Holly is a human. Her name, uh, she's played by Meg Foster. Uh, who, I guess her other most famous role is Eva Lynn from the Masters of the Universe.
0: You know, uh, movie. <laughs>
3: uh, I mean, I looked at her and I was like, I've seen her in stuff, but that was the mo- biggest role she had for some reason. I could have sworn I've seen her in something else. She, she's got to be in something else. She's been in a lot of stuff, but it's a lot of trash. It is a lot of trash. Um, no offense, she's made a good career, uh, made her money, so whatever. She also got to throw Roddy Piper out of a window in this movie. Get the fuck out. <laughs> so he, he goes over to the TV at one point. He's like, trying to convince her. He's like, you work at a cable company? Well, I'm telling you, there's stuff on the TV. And ah! As she throws him out of out a window. She, she smashes his head and pushes him out the window. Uh are
1: they on like a what story on, are they on?
3: It's like one of those stilt houses in the hills. So he falls a
0: considerable distance.
3: Ah, okay. Yeah, That'll be he gets, fine. He knows how to fall.
0: Yeah, he He's a fall down man. Uh so this leads to him he leaves the
3: sunglasses behind and he has to go find new ones. In the trash can where he buried the first ones. Um, oh, I mean, call you guys keep going with the conversation. Yeah, he does so. Uh, and and finds uh, he has to go into a garbage truck and get him. Uh, prior to this, he he does go and and try and find Frank at the construction site and Frank tells him to get the fuck away from him because he just murdered a bunch of people. Hey, you murdered a bunch
0: of people. Basically, he's like, what the fuck is wrong with you? I want nothing to do with you. Uh, stay the hell away from me. You fucking freak. No. Uh, so when
3: Roddy Piper gets the... the Glasses, a whole box of glasses out of the the garbage truck. Keith David walks by and he says, "Hey, I got your pay, a week's pay for you. Now get the hell out of my life." Because I guess Keith David's character, is Frank, is a is a nice enough guy to yes say that his coworker is indeed a murderer. But hey, he did work that that one day on that <laughs> construction site. Here's your eight hours' pay. <laughs> Seriously, we only saw him work one day.
1: Since this is the 80s, here's like, I don't know, like 40 bucks. <laughs> <I'm> like... <Yeah.
3: laughs> so, what follows, What about what is about to follow is probably the greatest fight scene outside of a martial arts movie where Roddy Piper is like, hey, put these glasses on. And Keith David is like, Fuck you, I'm not listening to anything you say. Leave me alone. Put on the sunglasses. Come on. And this line isn't repeated as much as the uh, as the eat eat bubblegum and kick ass line, but it's I believe it's just as good. He says, Hey buddy, the way I see it, you got two choices. Either put on the glasses or start eating trash can.
0: I'd rather eat trash
1: can and just start <laughs> fucking chewing the trash can,
3: so what follows is a ten minute long fight between Roddy Piper and Keith David over the sunglasses.
1: Just they fucking scrap in the back alley, right? <laughs> yes, and they keep it 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 has so many false finishes. <laughs> Like, did, did Piper go for a pinfall at some point or...
3: <laughs> you know what the, like two minutes into it he just gives him a backdrop <laughs> he gives Keith David a backdrop take this Keith David <laughs> at one point uh, Roddy Piper is getting his shit pushed in and he goes for a low blow
0: And Keith David catches it and calls him a son of a bitch. Those are heel tactics.
3: What? They are. (laughs) So there are several points where Keith David has Roddy Piper beaten and just tries to walk away and Roddy Piper comes back and starts hitting him again. Jesus Christ.
0: (laughs) (laughs) He's like, just put on the fucking glasses.
1: Put them on,
3: asshole. Why is he so insistent on
1: not putting on the sunglasses?
3: (laughs) Well, at first it's like, I'm not going to listen to you. And now it's like, you punched me in the face. Fuck you. I mean, yeah. (laughs) And... Towards the end it's you put a board through my car. Fuck you. You
0: ruined my car, man.
3: I don't know if it's his car, but it Keith David reacted after after Roddy Piper swung that board through through the back windshield.
0: So like, it, so it's it like
3: leg- his car. it's like legit ten minutes. It is like legit ten minutes. It keeps going. And do you know how it ends? (laughs) A fucking suplex. Suplex! (laughs) Roddy Piper suplexes him.
1: So so he wins by suplexing Keith David.
3: Yes. Does he put on the glasses? Yeah, he's like, all right, now you're going to put on the fucking glasses.
0: (laughs) And he grabs him, and he puts the glasses on him. And so I should mention earlier,
3: um, I saw someone from a certain web series say that this whole scene makes no sense. And I'm going to argue against that. Yes, it is a very gratuitous scene, but not really. It's just sort of excessive.
1: It's just kind of a weird uh-huh. wrestling match. <laughs> yes. Yes. Um, against Keith I'm David, quite,
3: we're we're talking about the fight scene in. Oh the, yeah, the big the between, big fight between yes. Keith David and Ryan Piper. So, so, I I have concluded the summary of it, but I'm saying this scene is entirely necessary
0: oh in absolutely. the story.
3: Someone argued that it was complete in a different web series that this was completely unnecessary, that you could have just gone, "Hey, can you put on these glasses and ask nicely." Piper did that, and it didn't work because the other guy saw him murder people on the news.
1: Hey, you yeah. killed people. What the fuck? I'm not putting on the stupid like, glasses.
2: I feel yeah. like people, anyone who says you they should have cut this, it's like, why?
3: So Frank is the only person that Roddy has come across that has been nice to him before. And has been willing to stick his, his neck out. He's not willing to at this moment because he thinks Piper's a murderer. But he's the only shot he's got at someone believing him. The last person who he tried to get believe him threw him out a window.
0: I mean, yeah. So, so this is his last shot. <laughs> So what follows is a 10-minute fight scene ending in a suplex.
2: Like, I haven't seen this fight in full, and I really feel like I should.
3: You should. It's amazing.
2: But I think one of the reasons why people like it so much, I think, is the Foley work. Foley is, like, Foley art. Like, the Foley the is very good. That is such an underappreciated did they do art. Like the con- did they
1: do, like, the kung fu movie Foley, where it sounds like everyone's just, like, punching bags of hay? <laughs> yeah, like,
2: like the, the
1: punches
3: sound just so impactful. And, and it feels very real. I mean, it's it, it's excessive to the point of why are you still fighting? But it's it's very real in that everything feels like a, a fight between two guys on the street, except one of them happens to do suplexes and backdrops.
1: <laughs> I'm trying to think of like when i think of excessive 80s movie fights i think of two but i don't know the name of the second one's movie i I think i I think i think of demolition man i was gonna say i think of this one and this other fight where like two shirtless men are fighting in a factory and then one guy gets his eye impaled (laughs) on a meat hook undefeatable yes undefeatable yes absolutely (laughs) starring cynthia
3: rox Rothrock? Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> okay. The
2: fucking the fucking meat hook factory scene where it's just like they start ripping at like you know, he's like ripping at the guy's shoulder and the dude just takes his shirt off and they're just slapping like
3: sweaty muscles <laughs> yes. for like a good <laughs> five minutes. So um gotta watch I'm a review the, of that again. <laughs> the, I'm nearing the end of where I took notes because I was just transfixed of the movie at a certain point. Um I will say it is interesting that after this, after Keith David puts on the sunglasses, after Frank puts on the sunglasses... Keith David. um, yeah, (laughs) Childs. Childs, yes. (laughs) Um, After he puts on the sunglasses, and they start getting along now, um, they both check into a hotel, and Roddy Piper starts talking about how his character... in character talked about how he ran away from home at age 13 and i'm like wasn't piper homeless in real life at age 14 yep so i'm wondering how how much of this is script well i was gonna say roddy.
1: since roddy doesn't even have a fucking named character i think it might just be i'm roddy piper in a movie <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah oh yeah Let's see. after being expelled yes. from junior high after having a switchblade in school and falling out with his father Toombs left home and stayed in youth hostels.
3: that's okay. pretty much what he says in the movie except he, he talks about his father beating him mm.
1: back in the day my father whooped my ass <laughs>
3: yeah <laughs> um so after this point uh they're they find their uh, plan is to go find the church people who uh, were creating creating that hacked signal in the first place and created the sunglasses.
0: Um, and uh, they go to find them. And they do. Uh, and
3: when they meet up with them, uh, several neat things. One... Uh, they no longer need to use the sunglasses. Now they've got contacts.
0: Yeah.
3: Which is is good on several levels. One, because now you can actually see your actor's eyes.
0: <laughs> and two, uh, it's just very convenient. It's I very mean, it, convenient.
2: Does, it, it does mean that now they don't have the, like, visible identifier for the aliens of... They're wearing the sunglasses. Get them. I assume that's also part of, like, in the story why they had them. Right. Um,
3: So they're planning on what to do next, and uh, Holly is there. And uh, uh, while they're planning for basically uh, Frank and Roddy to be the assault squad uh, for squad. for the group. Uh, Roddy goes over to talk to Holly and she's like, I'm really sorry I threw you out a window. I didn't know. Didn't know. And then the so, movie ends on Roddy just going, Shut up, bitch. <laughs> I, uh, I kept expecting him to just like whack her with just punch the shit out of her.
2: How do you like it? Just give her one good shot in the nose.
0: That's five across the face. Yeah, there
3: you go. They're in the rear naked choke. Um, <laughs> they
2: also get into a, like a ten minute fight. <laughs> Frank has to break up. What are you doing? <laughs> what are you doing? I already put on the glasses. Punch. They're contacts. Shut up.
3: It's a two minute fight with... uh. It's a two minute fight that turns into another 10 minute fight between Frank and Rodney.
1: (laughs) (laughs) They do all the same spots, but they're just in a different place. Yes. (laughs) It goes exactly the same.
3: Yes. (laughs) No, put on the glasses. I don't have to. We got the contact. Shut up. Put on the glasses, Keith David. (laughs) Um, So finally. Uh, they're going over the plan and they're talking about how they have to locate the uh, the source of the signal. Uh, and they've pinpointed it. They think it's coming from one location. And Holly works at a cable station and says, it's not coming from there. And immediately, mid-sentence of the, of the guy in charge, the cops storm through the, the building, just crash into it,
0: through the wall and start pouring in. Oh, shit. So, yes. So, uh,
3: that the, the, so much for the wait and see approach. Uh,
0: so Holly, uh, Frank, and Roddy flee the scene. Uh,
3: they get a, they, Frank earlier picked up one of the alien watches that has a little teleporter in it. Oh, shit. Uh, But they don't know how it works. No. So they're cornered in an alleyway, and they decide, fuck it, let's use the watch. And uh, they've gotten separated from Holly at this point, so they just jump into the hole that the, uh, the watch makes. It's a dimension hole.
0: And they drop down into a long underground layer. Where uh, they sneak
3: past several guards and then they run into, uh, they 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 walk into a meeting with, uh, the, I guess LA's elite and some of the aliens. And it's very much business, business, business. Good business, up thirty-eight percent. Good business.
1: <laughs> they have dialogue like a Neil Breen film where it's just like I can't believe they let us take money from them with <laughs> and we don't pay taxes. Isn't that Isn't bad? that bad? <laughs>
2: <laughs> it's it's almost like that. You <laughs> know, that actually honestly
3: I resign as be... president
1: of the banks.
3: <laughs> I mean that would have worked in an in this movie, actually, because
2: the aliens have a presence. It, it, it's just
3: aliens.
0: <laughs> I always feel like Neil Breen might be an alien. <laughs> <laughs> Hello. Did
1: my did my call break? What the fuck? <laughs>
3: but ah, uh, you okay,
1: Ali? Oh, uh, uh, yeah. Okay? Just everyone cut out for a second. Oh, okay. God. Audio still working? Yeah, that's fine.
3: Okay. Good. Okay. Um, so in the uh they walk around the business meeting and they run into one of the guys from the hobo camp who previously was a hobo and is now dressed in a fine tuxedo. He says, Oh, when did they recruit you boys? Uh so he starts giving him the tour around the place. Uh, until they get to the uh, TV news station and uh, they're like, yeah, you think we could be let in the studio? You know, I've always wanted to see a TV news studio and uh, when the hobo doesn't get them through the guards, they just shoot the guards. (laughs) These are like the...
1: Okay, I'm gonna tilt my hand a little bit here and say that like one of the things a lot of propagandists use is that the people that are their enemies are like super competent but at the same time fucking stupid (laughs) and very easy to defeat (laughs) and knowing people like fucking alex jones constantly talk about this fucking movie makes me think that he just thinks at the same time of these people controlling everything but also they suck and you could just like shoot them and shit. So,
2: so that's why you think that they really like this movie is because it plays to that fantasy.
1: Yeah, that's what I was thinking.
3: Do you know what? That well, would be it. I mean, we'll get to that. But, I mean, in this instance, they really, they managed to confuse a and and uh, hoodwink a, a st- very stupid human in the Hood-winked. first place. Not one.
1: What? bamboozled. What?
2: <laughs> Smackledorff. <laughs> <Dwarf>. Smackledorff. <What? laughs>
3: I always love that joke. Alright. So they make it into the TV studio and just start shooting up the place. Um, and their whole goal is they, they want, want to do two things. One, see if they can find Holly, because they are at the cable station where she works, so maybe she made her way back here. Two, make it to the roof where the signal is coming from so they can destroy the signal. So they, they climb up the stairs and, uh, are making their way up through armies of guards. And they're just like blowing them away. Uh, they finally come across Holly right before they get to the roof. Uh, and, uh, Roddy goes ahead to clear the way for them. Uh, while he makes sure uh he sa- tells uh excuse me, Frank to make sure that Holly is safe. This turns out exactly how you think it does. She shoots Frank in the head. Oh no, not Frank. Keith David is no more in this movie.
1: No more Keith David. Oh. No.
3: <clears throat> because Holly is a traitorous bitch. Holy <laughs>
0: So, Piper gets up to the roof, sees the satellite dish,
3: uh, and then is confronted with Holly, who has a gun pointed at him from behind, telling him to step away from the satellite dish and that everything's going to be all right. See, she's already sold out to them. At what point did she sell out is a good question, because she, she might have known about it when he was in her, uh, her house. Or she might have sold out later. Maybe she just felt like pushing him through a window
1: first. <laughs> <laughs> um, you
3: know, lead him along a little bit. Uh, yes. Um, but she obviously sold out the meeting she, she she was at because that's probably how they knew about the meeting. That being said, the film ends on kind of a uh, grim note for for Piper and holly where he um he decides he's gonna put the gun he's got he's holding down and pull another one out of his pants and just shoot her in the face i'm kind of surprised that did anyone try to like get a sequel to this movie uh well here i don't know how you could because here's how it ends uh he shoots the, the
0: the signal the satellite several times uh and then the the m- men
3: in the helicopter that is circling above them the aliens shoot him and he basically bleeds out on the roof while the the satellite dish explodes and then the signal that disguises the aliens uh, ends so everyone sees them on TV in the bar I believe the very last scene in the movie is a woman having sex. She's on top of a man. And she suddenly stops and he goes, what's wrong, baby? And she looks down and he's got the alien skull face. Oh. So
0: I don't know how you do a sequel to that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So at that point, you've got to completely
2: shift, like, the setting and the genre. Yeah, I know, well, but I still genre. feel
1: like some dipshit would try and make a sequel to this where it's an action movie. <laughs> Shut up, cat.
3: <laughs> Shut up, sorry. <Sarah. laughs>
2: I mean, like I said before, maybe Neil Breen's just been trying to make a list sequel. Yeah. But <laughs> he
1: doesn't have the thing.
3: signal, so he just looks like some guy. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So... Uh, to answer my earlier question, uh, was it worth uh, leaving WWF to do this movie? Fuck yeah, it was.
0: Hell yeah.
2: I also imagine if, like, if Vince actually read the script, he probably would have hated it. <laughs> big corporations are evil. Wait a minute, I'm a big corporation. Nah, <laughs> this is bullshit. <laughs> that is false. bullshit. Do another movie.
3: <laughs> all right so now that i've taken up almost pretty much an hour explaining they live yes sorry about that oh, uh, no, that's,
1: that's why i kept saying i don't want four people on so let me tell you
2: about. <laughs> all right you got three you. max <laughs> yes got it let's see if we let's
3: see if i can do it a little shorter i want to i want to see if i can oh, guess
1: what
2: it is
3: before you say it Okay. Wait, are we seriously ending on Alley? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. His, his was
2: 1995. Mine's 1989.
3: Okay. So,
1: let me guess. You said it was three hours, 40 minutes, and it was 1989. Is it
2: WrestleMania 7? Wrong, because WrestleMania 7 was 1991. Shit. So, let me tell you about WrestleMania 5. Fuck.
4: <laughs>
2: <laughs> Where we... Yes, the... Uh, The show from Boardwalk Hall, April 2nd, 1989. Boardwalk Hall, not Trump Plaza. They insist on saying it's Trump Plaza. It was Boardwalk Hall in Atlantic City. Oh,
4: my God. Which is also
2: owned by Trump. Yes. He is on my... Oh, wait. No, he's not on my A's alert because he is a constant nightmare. I cannot stop finding things about him, and I hate it. Well, we start off with Vince kind of giving us a big old the mega powers explode, where it's like there's all this thunder happening in the video package My balls the video, explode. and the mega powers just literally explode, and it's like, okay, d- d- wait, does Hulk Hogan just explode? Like Hulk Hogan and Randy Savage just explode, <laughs> like they have like a
1: explosion effect? The end. Like- <laughs> yeah,
3: yeah, So wait, 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 wait. The Randy Savage. Wait a and Hulk minute. Hogan. Wait a fucking minute. <laughs> Yeah?
1: You... Rob reviewed a movie. You're reviewing WrestleMania. And I gotta review whatever the fuck garbage I just watched. Dude, trust
2: me, I didn't like this WrestleMania. (laughs) Okay, because I picked this WrestleMania because it was the inaugural winner of the Wrestling Observer Newsletter Award Worst Major Wrestling Show. Oh, shit. (laughs) So yeah, I wanted to see—is it as bad as as Meltzer claimed? Yes, or his fans, or however the <laughs> the, the election process is. And God, yes. <laughs> uh, we are our uh, our host for the night, our announcers, our Gorilla Monsoon and Jesse the Body Ventura. Ah uh, yes, Monkey Rain. So, <laughs> monkey, ah, see. So monkey really, Rob, if, you, if you had if you had reviewed Abraxas, this would have been great. Abraxas. I thought about doing Abraxas. <laughs> ah. uh, we get, of course, uh, Gorilla Monsoon saying you could cut the electricity in this in this crowd with a knife, and I really hate that phrase. You'd get electrocuted <laughs> immediately. I don't think you should cut electricity with a knife.
1: <laughs> This is like cutting my mom's power cord with a fork. (laughs)
2: It's like sticking a penny in a light socket. (laughs) Ha ha! Brain dance. We start off off with the WWF Women's Champion, Rockin' Robin. Now, you might think when I said a champion is starting off the show, that's a match. No, she's singing America the Beautiful. America. Oh she did do that and it was really bad. <laughs> it's super awkward like she is never on key at all for Amber waves of grain. Were there I at least that...
1: montages were there at least montages of grain? No.
2: <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> and No, oh, excuse me. Uh, oh holy shit, excuse me. Um, oh, Jesus. Uh, Jesse Vajera and Grillama soon after her performance argue argue over whether or not she did a good job. And I'm with I'm with Jesse on this. This is Rockin' Robin. Rock, Rock and Robin should stick to wrestling. Oh god, why well, have gas. You make of me sudden. sit through that shit. Oh, uh, God, just thinking about this <laughs> just thinking about this paper, gives me gas. Uh we
3: nothing but I- a bunch of slack job. <laughs> no,
1: Goddamn. Get your
3: band off Spotify immediately.
1: Yeah, there's two words I refuse to let anyone say in my podcast, and if anyone does, I'm
3: stopping the episode and not uploading it. I thought about doing Predator (laughs) 2. And no, not Predator 2, but Predator. Because That made Jesse Jesse Ventura feel pretty Pretty good.
2: Pretty good. All right. So, our first match of the night, King Haku versus Hercules.
3: Her- Hercules Hernandez? Hercules Hernandez, yes. He was just called Oh, Hercules. my God. I, but this, I'm not sure if it's a good match, but I would like to see these two go at it in a street fight.
2: I, it was not a street fight. I actually didn't hate this match. I feel like, like the
1: reason why I thought this was WrestleMania 7 was because I keep forgetting of how
2: late in the 80s <laughs> WrestleMania was. Right, Wrestlemania started right at like 1985.
1: Yeah, I thought so I've always thought it was like 1981 for some reason. No.
2: <laughs> it's just, it just well, they're perpetually
1: behind the times. It's amazing. Yes, <laughs> They're trailing the wave at all times.
2: <laughs> uh, I don't get why Hercules has
3: the chain gimmick. He, uh, ha- he, he comes out with a chain. He's always, that's part of his gimmick i don't know he's always had that yeah i think that's just a uh, thing
1: he does
2: yeah but uh lights went briefly out in the uh like they had like a bear hug spot and the lights kind of like dim slightly and then they cut cameras <laughs> and the lights were better and it's like huh that's weird uh commentary is pretty good it's like i I'll, I'll probably get sick of it eventually but like the commentary is very conversational it's very nice very even Like, Jesse Ventura, when he talks about faces, only really gets upset when they do something that would be considered, like, illegal, like a double team or something. That's not a... That's a double team move. Why are they doing that? That should be a disqualification. Yeah, exactly. It was sort of like that. And it wasn't wasn't as, like, argumentative as, like, say, Michael Cole and JBL can get. Jesus
4: Christ. (laughs)
2: Yeah. Uh... Uh, Hercules wins the match after like a couple minutes off a off a pretty nice bridging back suplex that I really liked. Good, uh, good, solid opener. I put down because there's like 14 matches on this card and this fucking show is so long. I decided I wanted to see what I would keep and what I would cut from this show in an effort to bring it down a bit. Would you cut this? No, I would actually keep this match. It's a it's a good solid opener to the show.
3: Would you? What would you replace Rock and Robin singing "America the Beautiful"? Uh, with?
2: I'll talk
1: about that. But um, he just walks some... up to the microphone, and just goes ah,
3: <laughs> and <then> leaves. <laughs> we cut to um, Jesse Ventura farts the national anthem.
2: I
1: would now. now, get a load of this. <laughs>
3: okay,
2: uh, we cut to Mean Gene interviewing the Rockers. They're talking about how they're going to be facing off against Jesse the, uh, the
1: Bowels Ventura.
2: How they're going to be causing 9/11 tonight. <laughs> wow, you guys are laughing so hard you completely whiffed that offensive joke. Yes. Because they I'm are. Sorry, facing-
3: I was too busy laughing at Jesse the Bowels Ventura. <laughs> Damn it, Ali. <laughs> okay, so the Rockers are
2: having a match against the Twin Towers.
3: Oh, no. Oh, my God.
2: That's why they made that joke. (laughs) Sean super
1: kicked the (laughs) World Trade Center.
2: (laughs) Super kicks can't melt steel beams. (laughs) All right. So the Rockers look hideous. They have, like, these pink shirts with, like, these weird, like, zebra pattern bits on them. They're all bedazzled and they got like their initials written on their shirts and like it's chirpy. always
1: funny looking at
2: photo shoots of the rockers where
1: it looks like it's just Shawn Michaels in a
2: weird wig. <laughs> it does, yeah. Shawn Michaels when he was really blonde, yes, and like they've got like highlighter yellow pants. I'm gonna see if I can find you guys a picture of them at WrestleMania 5. It is. Something guiding. Oh wait, come on. Here's the, here you go. You can't see the pants, but I am going to show you this goddamn picture. Uh yeah, ah. general. <laughs> uh. ah. It is the worst. Also, Allie, we both we both had shows of Marty Jannetty on them. Did Marty Jannetty look like that? On uh your show? no,
1: he looked saggier and also he was wearing this like weird. Orange and black tassel thing all over his body. Like he how looked do, like his do, clothes were made of confetti in my episode.
3: How do you know he had Marty Janetti? I did. Oh, we'll, get, we'll get to that. He, he joined hey, he, a call
1: he, while I was watching, and I
2: sometimes would make a comment. Yes, yeah, like uh, the fact that Marty Gennetti,
3: that Marty Janetti we'll looked that.
2: like shit. <laughs> yeah, we will talk. We will get into detail on that later. We got the Twin Towers with Slick versus the Rockers. Who are the Twin down, Towers again? I'm sorry. Uh, Big Boss Man and Akeem. <laughs> big Ball Man. <laughs> big Ball Man. <laughs> big Ball Man. And big Akeem the African Dream, a.k.a. Af- Let's make fun of Dusty Rhodes. African
1: dwiam.
2: <laughs> you know, this wouldn't be a bad tag team as an idea of, like, the prisoner and the ex-con, or, like, the prison guard and the ExCon. con Well, here's the
1: thing. I don't know what they have in common. <laughs> They're I don't
2: big. know what they have. Besides the fact that they're big and maybe that they're managed by Slick. I I could make I could make a joke here, but I feel like we're Yeah,
1: institutional be, racism. I'm Slick. What's up?
2: I, I feel like I could make a joke here with Big Boss Man being managed by Slick, but I feel like we've already we already delved into enough politics with they live. No. <laughs> <laughs> we can't cut
1: Mega Fighter, we must hide the fact that we're both disgusting liberals as long as we can.
2: Yes. I put down on my first note, the rockers are a neon nightmare. (laughs) Which I think they, oh, yeah, they dropped their shirts, but they're still, oh, God, the tassels. I forgot about the tassels. And the zebra striped boots.
1: Oh, my God.
2: (laughs) Oh, okay. I'm glad that putting in Google so, images helps so least like, My
1: wrestling gear back in the day was just like you fell out of a thrift store and that's just so, sort of
3: your gear. So does the match end with a super kick to the World Trade Center? No, it doesn't. <laughs> Sad, sadly, sadly, uh, sweet chink music could
2: not uh, melt steel beams. But, I, okay, yeah, this is where I started noting how... Um,
1: if our first t-shirt <laughs> was a cutout of Shawn Michaels super kicking the World Trade Center, we would go to hell. <laughs>
4: oh, Jesus Christ.
2: I <laughs> <laughs> first noted uh, Ventura's not, like, spending his whole time shooting on the baby faces. He underestimates them because they're smaller, but otherwise pretty good. There's a lot of working the arm to start off. They really work like Akeem's arm a lot. Oh, my arm! Huh? Ah. It was it was nice to watch a match where like Boss Man could work and move. Like, oh he yeah, goes compared, to 2002 <laughs> compared to two thousand
1: two Boss Man,
2: compared to two thousand two Boss Man, this Boss Man can like fucking go. Oh yeah, Akeem murders Sean with a clothesline at one point <clears throat> because Sean Michaels has always had just like the crazy ability to just bump for everybody and make them look just devastating (laughs) oh yes so they go uh, at one point the Rockers go for a double drop kick on the boss man and Marty hits it but like Sean is like I think because Marty hits it Sean doesn't and he just kind of eats shit in the air (laughs) Uh, beautiful da- diving catch by Bossman to a spinebuster. That was really nice. Uh, you know, it's a it's a nice power speed tag or power versus speed tag match. Akeem wins it off of like a splash to Sean. I guess they weren't getting pushed as hard yet. They weren't. They weren't there yet. I don't think. Sadly, they never won the titles. There was like that wonkiness with um with the hearts and the ropes. But uh, no. Otherwise, this was pretty good. And I would ask I would keep this match too. So so far,
1: two matches you know, get, we can people, get people hype with the tag match after the uh, opener? Yeah. I would actually uh, put the tag match first, but I feel like yeah. that's that's fine otherwise.
2: yeah if, 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 I, if I don't take forever on this, I will actually list off my rebooking of WrestleMania 5. I got a separate doc for that. um. Oh yeah, we now cut to Tony Schiavone, who I forgot had a stint in WWF. Tony Schiavone, hell yeah, AW uh, trapped in the trapped in the dark dimension. Tony Schiavone, <laughs> or whatever the heck we say about whenever he's on AW Dark and in the green screen room. He's intervi- uh, oh, interviewing. Yes, Ted DiBiase. <laughs> Hello, I'm Tony Schiavone, and
1: I'm stuck here in the dark.
2: Yes, <laughs> he's interviewing Ted DiBiase and Virgil. Virgil is just staring at the camera and just like kind of aggressively like. Pulling I find it very interesting.
1: Apart. There's two different parodies of Dusty Roads on at there's the same time. There's
2: two different jokes on Dusty Roads in the same like show. They really wanted to go at like at Dusty. Apparently, Virgil actually knew like Dusty in real life, and the Virgil thing was just kind of a like it was just like a hey coincidence. <laughs> Or like a or yeah, oh, wait, it was it was who was friends with Dusty, and he was the one who suggested Virgil as a joke on his buddy. And then when Mike Jones jumped over to WWF, he became Vincent and Shane.
3: Go to so Olive just,
2: Garden. Just, and then he went to Olive Garden.
3: He put one in his backyard.
2: Uh, not too much to say. Uh, they're hyping up a, a, a match with Bruce Beefcake. I have no idea what the purpose of this match is. But we're having a match with British Beefcake. And, uh, I don't know, Vince, Tony Schiavone was pretty good. But Hogan's friend needs a paycheck. Hogan's friend needs a paycheck, exactly. brother. They need to, they need to be on the card. They need so to get cash, dude. That might be why there's 14 matches on here. It just get everyone well, on the card. Yeah,
1: they sort of replaced shitloads of short matches with a WrestleMania payday battle royal. Exactly, Of some kind or like just a big fuck fest match. <laughs> just yeah, so or uh, punch, So a bunch of people get their like get a little bonus. I
2: don't know. I thought Tony Schiavone was all right on interviews. I don't know why Vince didn't stick with him.
1: Uh, I guess Vince doesn't like
0: putting the work in sometimes.
2: <laughs>
1: yeah, I mean,
0: uh, he had mean gene until he didn't. I think. I think this was where. Teddy uh, Ted, Biasti talks about his people
2: being in the crowd because we're in Trump Plaza and Trump's in the front row, yeah. the pre-orange Donald Trump. He also talks about a guy called Henry Kravis who's on the '80s alert. I guess oh, he was like so a like, big businessman, so man. like a
1: Trump who didn't go through Taz's Cheeto dust.
2: <laughs> yes, just... the pre, the pre, the pre-orange Donald Trump, the pre-cheeto dust Donald Trump. Uh, Henry Kravis was like a that stuff a big, fucks like, you up. Why do you think
1: Taz, uh, Taz's commentary was so weird in TNA? Uh, <laughs> 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 Don't, do <orange. laughs> Don't do
2: orange. Henry Kravis was like a like a major businessman in like the '80s. Uh, he bought out RJR Nabisco Inc., which was like, which used which is now two separate companies. It's the um, RJ Reynolds Tobacco Company and Nabisco. Nabisco. Yes. So <laughs> Yeah. Sadly
1: their tobacco flavored Oreos didn't really work out. <laughs> <laughs> Premier <laughs> <to> Premier
2: Oreos. <laughs> if anyone remembers the Premier cigarettes.
1: <laughs>
2: two cookies
1: surrounded by or two cookies surrounding tobacco. <laughs>
2: <laughs> oh my god. Yeah, so it tastes Henry like my Travis. dad.
4: Uh,
2: <laughs> 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 tastes like everyone's dad. <laughs> uh, so that's Henry, Henry Kravis on the A's alert. So 80s. I know. I don't think I'll ever even remember his name after this show. Virgil, like when they're when they're coming, like Ted DiBiase, and Virgil come out first. But Virgil, for some reason, yells at Howard Finkel to introduce him first bbc currently residing in his spring residence of uh palm springs florida uh
1: yes palm springs florida
2: yes they uh you know we have a match and they talk because because it's a bruce beefcake match they talk about like cutting hair (laughs) and ventura goes what about virgil and girl's like "Ah, i think he's fun i think he's doing fine on the hair department i don't get some gorilla
1: glue. get some gorilla glue and just slap some hair on him (laughs) i gorilla glue yeah gorilla glue it's a fucking glue yes
2: does gorilla monsoon use gorilla glue that's a better question
1: good question does he ever have to fix like a does he ever have to like fix a table i
2: (laughs) know. he has to fix it in gorilla position all right (laughs) I was gonna say because I put down a fake quote. <laughs> what about Virgil's pubes, Gorilla? Could they use a shape?
1: Megafighter, Fighter, excuse me, but you're talking about you're talking about Sabumafu Hurricane.
2: <laughs> <laughs> that was not. He was not a. That was a. That was a lemur. Lemur is a, lemur's a primate, right? <laughs> I don't think so.
4: <laughs> oh
2: yeah. God, I forgot. Yeah i I thought that we were talking about the Virgil hair cutting thing in the match. No, it was during the entrances because beefcake comes out, and he's in this horrible brown and gold attire. I cannot if I could find a picture,
0: oh, here we go. This is kind of blurry, but. This this is ugly as hell. To be fair, it's Brutus beefcake. Yeah, but it's,
3: even like his attire usual, has always been ugly.
2: Yeah, but even his usual like pink attire, pink and black attire is usually all right. This is just a bad mix of colors. Like a really shitty mustard bottle. They are they talk about Donald Trump and whether or not he needs to have his hair cut. Which, to be honest, (laughs) with how he looks now, maybe we should have had the barber go at him. I'm going to refrain from making a joke here.
1: (laughs) I'm talking about his hair. I'm also talking about his hair. It's just talking about his hair also involves other things that I don't want to talk about.
0: (laughs)
2: Okay. Uh, Somebody in the crowd actually shouts, actually yells out, Sleeper! Someone is calling for Bruce to do the sleeper hold, people. <laughs> the in the
1: episode, I was going to say, in the episode where I suggest Shawn Michaels super kick the Twin Towers, I don't want to make this joke
2: about some guy's hair. <laughs> oh, jeez. I decided to mute for that burp because, God, I've been, I've had so much gas right now.
3: Okay, so who wins this one?
2: Uh, this goes to, this goes to a double count out. Really? <laughs> at Wrestlemania yes it has a double count finish at Wrestlemania there's no stakes the match is good up until the disappointing finish but and uh or Beefcake goes after DiBiase with the shears which Gorilla Monsoon refers to as assault with a deadly weapon Ali does that count I don't know
1: <laughs> I don't know if Rasslecourt's in session.
2: Are we putting Are we putting Brutus Beefcake on the rap sheet? We'll talk about it later. We ever come up on Brutus Beefcake again. I probably would have cut this match, just because it's a good match, but it doesn't really have a purpose besides getting these two on the card. And it's fucking, it's finish sucks. Just sucks the wind out of the whole match. We then cut to uh, Lord Alfred Hayes earlier Lord that Alfred morning. Lord Alfred Hayes, <laughs> earlier that morning
3: at brunch with his with, massive dick,
2: <laughs> with the bushwhackers as they talk with their mouths full of, about the Rougeaus and, and what their strategy is in their upcoming match. I put down, God, this is gonna suck. <laughs> which it turns out it did cuz this is the fabulous Rougeau brothers with jimmy hart versus the bushwhackers. Oh my god. <laughs> this match was not good, but mainly it was on the bushwhackers side. And I'm sure some fucking mark is going to come on my uh, come on here about me and talk about how much better they were as the sheep herders and how WWE ruined them and it's like, well maybe the WWF shouldn't have hired them. <laughs> Alright, we don't need every fucking person that that's like mildly big in a region, Vince. There was a good moment where um where like one of the Rougeau brothers, I really couldn't remember which at that moment, has He's, a has a pushbacker.
3: Let, let's just say PCO for the movie.
2: Oh, this wasn't this wasn't the Carlo Day era. This was oh, okay. uh this was still Jacques and Raymond.
3: Oh, okay, I'm sorry.
2: That's not until later. Um but uh one of them had him in a Boston crab while while his other while his other brother um just stomps on his back. And I've n I I do not think we see that spot these days. No. And I kinda liked it. That's cool. If I
1: had a tag team, I would make their finishers like a Boston crab and the
2: camel clutch, and I would just call it touching butts. Um <laughs> 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 uh, there was a point where, like, a bushwhacker, like, got thrown in a turnbuckle and just kind of bounced off it, which was nice. And I say a bushwhacker because at that point, a Gorilla and Jesse start arguing over which bushwhacker's in the ring. <laughs> so I'm fucked. <laughs> so it's two
1: I, almost identical-looking, like, men, New Zealanders, and yes. then two almost identical-looking French-Canadian
2: <laughs> guys. <laughs> yes. I think, actually, Jacques and Raymond do at least have different hair. But just God help you if I can tell Guess you which one. Yeah,
3: I know. <laughs> uh,
2: double stomach breaker wins it for the Bushwhackers, even though Jock totally broke up the pin on Raymond. So I did remember at that point, or I did no, like put those notes down at that point. Uh, probably would cut this match for time. It wasn't the a bad match, but. It was it was
3: the bush, Bushwhackers match. It was the Bushwhackers match.
2: What are match. you missing so, in a Bushwhackers match? <laughs> nothing. It it feels like the Rougeau's carrying them to a a match. Oh yeah, this is exactly where I decided, yeah, cut this match and everything involved when the Bushwhackers start licking Sean Mooney. <laughs> Cuz I fucking hate that licking gimmick. That's terrible. How is that cool? Who wants to get licked by the bushwhackers? <laughs> I don't Girl, get you, Vince. Girls
0: in the bush? God. Uh,
2: but then we have a much better match to follow up. Mr. Perfect versus the Blue Blazer. This oh, is, shit. Uh, this is the debut of Perfect Singlet. This is also where I started noticing that just weirdly, sometimes entrances don't have music. Even if they're going to win the match, they just don't come out to music. Sometimes they'll come out to music, but it's mostly music for the upper card. Yeah, at this time especially.
3: (laughs) Well, they probably don't have Blue Blazer.
2: They don't have Blue Blazer music? No.
3: At this point.
2: Uh... During the match, Ventura says hi to his four biggest fans in Minneapolis: Terry, Tyrell, Jade, and Jeremiah. Uh, that is a reference to his family, which is his wife Terry and his his two kids, Tyrell and Jade. I don't know who Jeremiah is, though. He's
3: well, just, Jeremiah was a bullfrog. <laughs> Jeremiah is just a good
2: cool. friend of mine. <laughs> so I so but I still liked how like oh he's saying hi to his family. That's that's really sweet. Hi family, I like that. There was a, there was a point where they just, where someone just in the crowd just kind of just starts screaming like, "Ah!" (laughs) it's like, what is going on here? You know what's weird, Uh, Mega Fighter Every time you yell, your mic cuts out. That's something I do. I do. I know it's weird. My, my shit, like.
1: Like that happens every episode.
2: (laughs) I think my mic's just not good.
1: I would just, just, I would just fuck with the settings a little bit sometime.
2: Or yeah, I might have turned down my sensitivity or something on Discord. Um Mr. Perfect wins it with a perfect plex. I put down keep. Absolutely. Oh my god. Yes.
1: Absolutely around.
3: Kurt Henning versus Owen Hart. Thank you. Fuck yes. I imagine they killed it.
2: (laughs) They did. I I have awards. And uh, my underrated went to Owen Hart. I, because, didn't yes. a, I didn't do didn't do awards. <laughs> it did not deserve it. It was just one big why segment. <laughs> Speaking of why, for some reason, Howard Finkel just kind of introduces Jesse Ventura. Here's Jesse Ventura again. Hello. <laughs> How's it going? Hi. Yes. Hello. <laughs> and then we have the WrestleMania 5K run. Oh, no. Where Mr. Fuji enters. And I feel like this is supposed to sell us on the fact that Mr. Fuji can fucking go because he's going to be in the fucking tag match later on. But this went, like, near two minutes and didn't need to happen. And then we cut to Run DMC to perform the WrestleMania rap. Oh, fuck! Oh, no! (laughs) And I love me some Run DMC. Let's not not kid ourselves. That's exactly why I made you play that 8-bit. It's tricky. (laughs) But... But it was foreshadowing. Ah. But this is just more Cunt. padding on this show. <laughs> what would you say? Uh, okay. Cunt. Uh. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> they, give this, they give this rap four minutes. It's not even that great. We're and here for you. WrestleMania rap. It's, it's like that. It's like WrestleMania rap. And it's like, oh, my God, please. <laughs> Like this goes for 4 minutes. Like almost 4 minutes and it's just like Jesus Christ.
3: At that point can we just play the Wrestle Rock Rumble? I wish. That was I, I with, wanted that to be Vern the Vern rapping. I wanted that
2: to be the intro
1: to this this series It's just the Vern Ganya verse <laughs> of the Wrestle Rock rap. <laughs>
3: I'm, I'm a Vern Ganya. <laughs>
1: I'm going to rage.
3: No, that's not Vern Ganya. Wait, no, that's no. I think
1: that's Greg Ganya.
2: Yeah, that might have been Greg or Larry.
3: No, Vern Gagne was the one who had way too many words and couldn't keep on rhythm.
2: Oh yes, <laughs> unlike unlike Nick Bockwinkel, who was fantastic. <laughs> yes. Sadly, the Wrestle Rock
1: Rumble is slightly too short to discuss, but there is a lot that happens in it. <laughs> yeah. Yes.
2: Uh, but yeah, why not just have Run DMC to the national anthem? <laughs> 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 America, America.
3: God, shit is grace on thee.
2: <laughs> Better than Fergie. Uh,
3: ha, topical joke. That wasn't the national anthem, by the way. Oh, uh, yeah, it's you're right. <laughs> that was <maybe> <laughs> It's never the end.
1: Ne- America the Beautiful is never the national anthem.
3: Sorry. <laughs> Whatever. Someone had what to what point that out to you before, before you got angry comments. <laughs> if you have people who actually listen to
2: the
1: show. Or people who care <laughs> about America. Oh, no.
2: We do, they just don't comment. Hello, Germany. Das Deutschland ist We do have, like, what was it, like, you said we had a dedicated volar aware? Um, so, so far our demo is,
1: like, 80% American, like, one guy from Singapore, who I'm pretty sure I know who that is, Mm. and one guy from Germany. (laughs)
2: There's one German guy. I don't know any German guys, so <laughs> we get a nice little recap of the Demolition Powers of Pain feud. Our first recap of the night, surprisingly. So they, I guess, they recap like title feuds, which I,
1: which I like. That's that, that sort of syncs up with like the recaps they did on my
2: show. Yeah, we get an interview with Demolition where the where uh, Smash refers to Mr. Fuji as Fuge the Stooge, <laughs> <I> like that, huh? <laughs> Uh, yeah, we get a uh, WF Tag Title Match: Demolition versus the Powers of Pain and Mr. Fuji. Now, while I have like notes of keep or cut this match, I feel like there's like no choice when it comes to title matches; those have to be on the show. Those are Who required. Is who's teaming with Mr. Fuji? The Powers of Pain. It's the Powers of Pain, and their manager is joining them in a handicap tag match against Demolition.
1: Who are the Powers
2: the of powers Pain? <laughs> uh the warlord and the barbarian. Oh shit.
1: Steroids, got it. Okay. So
2: this is so yeah, this is just power brawler guys just fucking Large. throwing hand throwing big hands at each other. Like,
0: uh, uh, slammer.
2: Really don't get why Mr. Fuji needed to be in this match. He misses with the salt at like. Because they need
3: someone who will sell. <laughs>
2: Somebody's yes. gotta sell
1: Fuji <laughs> Fuji baby. <laughs>
2: Yeah, de- Fuji misses with a the finish. Takes the demolition, de- decapitation, demolition win. Good enough match, you know. So, <laughs> I guess that's right. Mister Fuji was there to sell. I honestly, I honestly could have gone without Mister Fuji in this match, but fuck it. Uh, they go to try and get an interview with. Uh... Tony Shimani tries to get an interview with Randy Savage, but instead, Macho Man just yells at him and then shoves the cameraman. <gasps> basically. <laughs> fuck off Tony's funny. Fuck your cameraman. <laughs> Go and fuck yourself. Well, we, get. <laughs> we get Dino Bravo with Frenchie Martin versus rugged Ronnie Garvin. Oh boy. There was some nice like rolling cradle stuff and like transitions with where Ronnie Garvin would like flip over. Um... I mean, you uh, know, Bravo, but otherwise this match sucked. Uh, were there Are any you... were there any cigarettes in the match? No, but um, while we're talking about Dark Side of the Ring, Howard Finkel announces the special appearance of Jimmy Snuka. Oh, <laughs> oh no, he just kind of shows up and then leaves. And then we get on to introducing the people who wrestle in this match. <laughs> so it's like, OK, here's yeah. Jimmy Snuka's here. He doesn't even like. Why wasn't he in like Garvin's corner or
3: something? Just have him show up at the show. He's just—he's too busy getting high on coke in the corner.
2: Oh my God, basically. Uh Bravo wins this with a side slam. I remember this match being short, but it was just boring power stuff for the most part.
3: I'm surprised because Ronnie Garvin's not a bad wrestler, and neither is Dino Bravo. I don't know, maybe I
2: was maybe at this point this was when like the ennui of watching like that much wrestling had kicked in. Yeah, uh, I think Mega Fighter show. told me off off show that he this took him 3 days to get through. It took me 3 days to get through because I just wanted to do other stuff.
3: <laughs> I was usually uh, at work
2: around the time.
3: To be fair, it is it would not be the first match where good wrestlers had a shitty match.
2: Yeah. Um Garvin sneaks attacks Dino after the match and then does the Garvin stomp to Frenchie Martin. And ha- here's the new fight me. I'm gonna say it. The fucking Garvin stomp looks way dumber than the Orton stomp, where it's like like fucking Garvin just like kind of hops off like he's got like he's got the rope. he's got his hand on the rope, and he just kind of hops on each individual body part in like the most unconvincing way. I hate it. <laughs> I don't. I hate the Garvin song. I
1: don't think I can turn that into a fight because I don't know who the fuck Garvin is.
2: I will. We will watch the Garvin song later, and I swear to God, it's just it's terrible. Uh, but we do get the we go right into the next match thankfully, and it's the Brainbusters with Bobby Heenan versus Strikeforce. So, so, who are the
3: members of those teams?
2: Uh the Brainbusters is of course uh, Tully Blanchard and Arn Anderson. Yes. Fuck yeah. And Strike Force is Cito Santana and Rick Martel. Were they, okay. Did they
1: have all their vowels removed so they were Strike
2: First? No. <laughs> okay. No. They were not Strike First. And it wasn't the
3: Burn Boosters. Burn Boosters. <laughs> this match will be announced by the Swedish Chef.
1: Right. Like one of the early spots that I really liked
2: was um... <laughs> one of the. Brock wasn't was in the company at this point, Swedish Chef. What are you talking about? <laughs> but uh, one of the early spots I really liked from this was where like they got Martel in the corner. And he's just punching both dudes. Like he's Tully's inside. He's punching him. He's punching on on the outside. And it's like boom, boom, boom. They eventually like it it eventually it goes into chaos, and like Ventura is not yelling at anyone for when it's all chaotic and everyone's in the ring at once, which is nice. And then everyone kind of breaks off. They have just a good match. There's a really nice double figure four. I have, <laughs> oh my God, I actually have the note. I am enjoying this match. This match is good. <laughs> good, good time match. Good. We get a sunset flip from uh, Tito, I believe, or Martel onto Arn, like they sunset flip Arn. So, of course, I put in the classic uh, uh, OSW call, Aloha Arn. (laughs) I do not watch OSW. Uh, So Aloha (laughs) Arn is a joke on the fact that if you've ever seen, like, Arn Anderson struggle in, like, a sunset flip spot, he's, like, very much, like, shaking his hips a lot (laughs) before going down for it. Uh huh. So it's like, aloha.
3: I still, <laughs> Rob d- I still don't watch OSW I it, Review. But I, I'm so glad we spent 30 seconds on this podcast explaining the joke from another podcast.
2: Yeah, we do that a lot.
3: <laughs> we talked about
2: Deadlock reading the WWE joke book and DDP ripping his face off. How about this? Fuck you. Fight me. I don't like OSW Review. <laughs> Kiss my <laughs> ass.
1: <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> i haven't well, watched a can... single episode from them fuck you
2: fight me <laughs> oh great we can just forget about ever getting a guest spot from jay hunter
0: i don't know who that is me neither <laughs> gonna...
2: sorry
1: Boy. sorry looks like you're not going to be on this week's podcast that i listen to exclusively that you don't you piece of shit fuck you Mega Fighter.
2: <laughs> you listen to you're on it <laughs> What do you mean? I'm not on it. You're on Rassle Boys. I don't listen oh, to Rassle Boys. It's shit. <laughs> <laughs> All right. This show sucks. <laughs> Martel so we get So at one point Martel gets hit by like a flying crossbody attack that like Tito was aiming for for one of the brain busters. I think it was Arn. Arn did a lot of the work on this match. And that's like, you know, he's knocked off the apron. It takes a while for him to get back up. And then eventually he just walks off on Tito. You know, we're setting up for the for the heel turn. Uh the Brainbusters hit the spike pile driver for the finish. I think this is a thing that is a personal belief of mine. You should never kick out of a spike pile driver. That move is death to me. But this is a good match. Great tag match. You know, set up set up Martel's eventual heel turn and turn into the model which I'm sure is from the bag of gimmicks. Yes, the gimmick bag. We'll talk about the bag of gimmicks later. was my phone going off, if anyone heard that? Um, yeah, you know, Mean Gene interviewing uh, Rick Martel afterwards, kind of wanting answers for why he walked off. You know, basic heel turn promo. Tito was writing my code deals. He wanted this team. Blah, blah, blah. You know, solid enough to set up, this, set up the turn and all. Uh, then we have the longest segment of the night. Yay. A Piper's Pit with oh. Brother Love. By the way, <laughs> fucking talking about They Live. <laughs> we got a Piper's Pit with Brother Love and Morton Downey Jr. Who? Morton Downey Jr. Morton Downey Jr., who was like the Jerry Springer of the 80s. He had like this talk show where he would just, like yell and insult and belittle people and blow smoke in their faces.
3: First I, of all, Piper's Pit with Brother Love, no.
2: Yeah, no. And then
3: then Piper's Pit with Brother Love and knock off Jerry Springer. He No.
2: He was the Jeremy Kyle of his time. <laughs> Please tell me tell me Piper at least punches one of them. Oh, don't worry. He does He does deal them both comeuppance. But it's, this segment goes 20 minutes. Oh, oh my god. god. <laughs> we start with an introduction by Howard Finkel, where it's supposed to be like, here comes Rodney Piper, but then Brother Love comes out in a kilt. And he does, like, this impression of Rodney Piper. And he interviews himself. Or he basically interviews himself, because he goes between, like, Brother Love asking questions and his roddy piper impression doing the answers
1: he's got decent impressions from like um, me listening to some episodes of
2: something to wrestle but uh i just i put down in my notes did pritchard book this (laughs) (laughs) then we are we go five minutes with this shit and then morton downey jr comes out we only had to put up with like two minutes of love and morton before piper comes down Like, we do a lot of jokes with, about the skirt and, and fucking weird gay jokes. Brother Love, according to Roddy Piper, has Betty Davis knees.
3: Betty oh Davis knees. <laughs> that is amazing.
2: At one point, at one point, uh, I, I, I put down the note, casual transphobia. I forget what the setup was, but all I remember was Morton Downey Jr. saying the word transvestite. Transvestite? So I think 80s. it's the 80s casual transphobia exactly Do a lot of
1: coke and vote for Ronald Reagan
2: they do like the bit with like where like Morton smoke like blows the smoke in Piper's face five times not the rule of free they went to five where it's like <laughs> now you're pushing it I just want Eric Andre to run in and start breaking shit <laughs> Man, why haven't they, like, why haven't WWE gone to Eric Andre?
1: (laughs) You cannot
3: put that genie back in the box. It's the
1: brother love
2: show. (laughs) (laughs) I would would love. (laughs) Ladies and gentlemen, Ms. TV.
3: So yeah, no, they just hire like- Eric Andre as a backstage interviewer for one show. <laughs> How could oh you say God. something so bold
2: yet so brave?
3: And now uh, our uh, my latest guest, a grizzly bear.
2: <laughs> oh shit! And then Daniel Bryan comes out. Oh yeah, my time to shine. <laughs> so yeah, he blows the smoke in Piper's face, and Piper's always like, "Can you stop doing that?" Oh, I'm asking you to stop. <laughs> Please stop! Cut it out! Ah. And then eventually he's like, "Oh, you know what? Okay, you know, maybe maybe I'll try a smoke." And like, Morton's like lighting up a cigarette for him, and he and Piper pulls out a fire extinguisher and blows like the CO two in his face. And, we, then, and then we're just done. I just wanted to use some, the entire fire extinguisher. I think he basically does. Like like Rich oh. Evans <laughs> putting out the fire. Ah! <laughs> fire! I, I got, got it. it and at some point he scares off brother love during this segment we then cut to a sneak preview of no holds barred or as i put it in my notes what's <laughs> wrestling and i noted that the background music for the for the for the sneak preview it was Memphis, it wasn't even a sneak preview it was the trailer oh. it was the trailer for for no holds barred and like the background music in the trailer sounded vaguely like White Wedding by Billy Idol. Shit, we could have gone with that, too.
1: XP music is a thing that also happens in uh, my show, but I don't know what the song is.
3: Yeah. I'm going to have a guess as to what your show is by the end of Uh We got Sean Mooney interviewing Donald Trump.
2: <laughs> where Trump talks about how his casinos have been packed and the money's pouring in.
1: We just, I just keep losing, I just keep going bankrupt on these fucking casinos. I don't know how they do it.
2: In, in jo- enjoy it while it lasts, Donnie boy. Uh, Ventura is fucking livid about Hulk Hogan going to Hollywood and encroaching on his territory. Uh. <laughs> don't, worry, don't worry, Jesse, he only broke even on No Holds bard. And and you and you'll still have predator while he'll have Santa of muscles. Yes, but he'll also have Abraxas. I know, but it's not sand with muscles. I don't know. We get a recap of we the should Megapowers have done Abraxas.
3: Goddamn,
2: we really should have. <laughs> we are. We now get a recap of the mega power segment. Mega Powers Three, uh, the, the Mega Powers storyline, excuse me. Mega Powers free. Yes. But, no, I put down in the notes we are two hours into an almost four hour long show. We have five matches before the main event. And we are doing the recap of the Mega Powers exploding. And then an interview of Hulk Hogan. We are nowhere close to the main event and we are doing this interview.
3: To be fair. They got to the, keep people interested. They, actually, that's the thing. I was just going to say, this is the best storyline they after, have this I, entire year. It, it took a year
2: of build for this. I, think, I put down in my notes, I think we have this promo to keep people from walking out of Boardwalk Hall. And putting this, Hogan on in the second hour. After five more boring
1: matches, you're going to see Hulk Hogan take on Macho Man Randy Savage. So we're gonna you keep, better not fucking leave right. or me and Gene will slap
3: the shit out of you. <laughs> we're going to keep replaying this this bit of Hogan carrying Elizabeth and then Macho Man the shit out of Hogan. You, you leave your yeah, that hand was the recap on the segment. posterior
1: <laughs> of
2: Elizabeth. <laughs> uh, and apparently he starts talking about how like Donald Trump would talk to like seismologists because I think like the idea is that Trump's worried that Hogan versus Savage is gonna cause a sinkhole. He doesn't oh. believe in science. <laughs> it's fine. Well, that's the thing, because I feel like this is like just a cheap version of like the WrestleMania 4 promo no, about Andre.
3: No, going back to the uh going back to the uh, 9-11 comments earlier, he's oh, worried no. that the, the <laughs> he's worried that the mega powers exploding is gonna cause a literal explosion. I was, I was so reminded the fucking of like, the main
1: m- event is like the bell rings and then just like Hogan and Macho Man start sliding towards each other and they like pick up speed sliding towards each other and then this, the whole arena blows up
2: yeah. <laughs> it's like mushroom cloud over boardwalk Hall. Yeah, because I, I I feel like this is supposed to be a reference to like the the Andre the Giant Hogan promo thing where it's like like. Fucking the entirety of Atlantic City is like Atlantic City's gonna sink or something, and everyone's gonna start drowning. And how <laughs> Donald <laughs> Trump will give up his earthly possessions to save his family? No, no. But now we cut to onto is the that giant Superdome or the Silverdome, Silver Super. No, it was, no, it's Boardwalk <laughs> Hall. No, I was ta-
1: talking about WrestleMania three, if I recall. Uh, WrestleMania's four and five were in the same place.
2: Yeah, yeah. Like they, Hall. they did a double deal because they had like they had like a deal with Trump.
3: That is correct. Oh, what is our next match? I'm sorry, Andre
2: Andre the Giant versus Jake the Snake Roberts with special guest referee Big John Studd. Uh. <laughs> Immediately, the match I have starts... I so many questions. <clears throat> oh, my God. This <laughs> is this
3: the one where Jake just throws the snake on him and it's just- <laughs> I think,
2: well, that's kind of the gimmick they're running with is because the- Jake chased uh, him out of the Royal uh, Rumble uh, because he's afraid of snakes. Match starts and immediately there's no turnbuckle pad. And the rest are the commentators are very confused as to how the turnbuckle pad came off. And I'm just like, probably well, because Bobby Heenan, right? Because Bo- I forgot to mention Bobby Heenan's here too. He's, he's with Andre, right? Andre. Yeah, he's managing Andre. And it's like they never think to say, "Oh, maybe Bobby Heenan took the turnbuckle pad off." And it's like that's a possibility, Gorilla. But no, just they just they're just like, "Oh, the turnbuckle the turnbuckle pad's gone." <laughs> there are the just,
3: Mer- Big John Studd, a magician.
2: There are just so many rest rest holds, rest spots like rest just holds. bear hugs and choke holds and just. Andre sitting down like he always does. What? His what, legs. what year is this? This is 1989. We are, we are at like we are prying into.
1: Mobile. Andre is in horrible pain at all times, every moment
2: and every this waking is, this, hour. This is yeah. This is where his knees are basically solidifying on themselves. It's the worst.
1: Albert here. here, here.
2: Uh, Big John stud barely does anything in this match as a referee. I don't really, I know this was apparently going to be Andre stud too. Oh no. Which God, God help you. (laughs) God help all who see it. Andre gets hit with a knee at some point, but it just looks like he got gassed instead. Uh, And he probably was already gassed at that point. (laughs) Then Demiossi just kind of comes out and steals Damien. Jake runs off to go get him and fucking, uh, you know, take Damien back while Andre puts Dunn in the sleeper to keep, like, there from being a count out. And the match ends on a DQ finish because Andre attacked the ref.
3: Was oh, fuck you, man. Was, uh, was Jake versus Ted DiBiase the WrestleMania after this or before this? I don't even know if that was a WrestleMania match. It was a WrestleMania match because I remember the promo.
2: Uh it might have been after because I'm thinking that in 4 Well 4 was the tournament. Okay, so it's 6. So it would be 6 because 4 was the tournament and that was like the main feud there was him and Rick Rude. And 7 was like Rick Martel and the blindness thing. Oh, it's it's yeah, 6. Yeah, he
1: put in um he put in those like eye contacts. And then they yeah. had like a blindfold match.
2: Yeah. Uh <clears throat> Jesse Ventura calling this match a missed or the results of this match a miscarriage of justice. I would call this match a miscarriage of quality. i would I would just call this match a miscarriage. and I would cut this match. <laughs> <laughs> you call this miscarriage. I'd say abort it.
1: Jesus Christ. <laughs> oh
2: God. God, we are. Right.
1: We pushed the line. Please, Put please that baby, in a, too, Put that we baby in a blender. Put that baby in a blender.
2: Dude, yeah. <laughs> I'm trying. I'm trying. Thank God, Alex is shorter. Sean, Sean Mooney hangs out with a bunch of Marks. We get Tony Schiavone interviewing Sherry.
0: Oh, who, that sounds neat.
2: Who starts off with shitting on Rock and Robin singing. Sensational <laughs> Sherry. Yeah, wait a minute. Why didn't they have have Sherry sing the national anthem? Okay, now hold on a second about (laughs) terrible singing from women wrestlers. Sherry's one to talk. (laughs) Sexy (laughs) boy, Oh, Sean! Sherry talks about reclaiming the women's title and that she's hotter than Elizabeth, which makes me wonder why we didn't have a match between Sherry and Brock and Robin for the
3: title at any point. Because they're
2: women. Jeez. Because apparently we
1: really we can't need put to women's
3: wrestling on WrestleMania. No,
1: no, you can't. Trump's there, man.
2: He doesn't want to see Yet. that shit. <laughs> we need we need twenty minutes of Morton Downey
3: Jr. Yeah, that's his we shit. Need, we need a Bushwhackers match. We need a we Bushwhackers,
2: Bushwhackers match. match. <laughs> we do. This is around where like because we cut to our next match, which is um, the Hard Foundation versus the Honky Tonk Man and Greg Valentine. They weren't called rhythm and blues on this, which I don't know if that was yet a thing. These tag teams sound random. <laughs> they really do. By the way, there's a lot think, of tag team matches. Oh my god! I think this is our second. This is our last one. Thank. Fuck. I mentioned that there's like five of them. Uh, this is around where like Monsoon started slowly turning into baby like modern babyface announcer guy who keeps fucking justifying anything faces do that's slightly wrong or off the or off the even as it were that doesn't sound like a phrase
1: look it's fine it is, that it's he so pulled it's
2: fine that he pulled out a gun the
1: other guy's a dick
2: <laughs> it, it was basically that it was like yeah but he did this it was whataboutism from gorilla monsoon from uh oh god fuck it from ape tsunami anyway <laughs> Ape <laughs> yeah, Tsunami We got, a-, tsunami. A-, <laughs> we got, we got a really nice Uh, Early on we got a really nice uh, Slingshot shoulder tackle from Nyhart. I started questioning why You know Honky Tonk Man He might not be the best wrestler But I've never gotten the The like the argument that he sucked Anyone Anyone want to argue that uh, Who
3: uh, uh, Honky Tonk man? man Fuck Honky you talk- fight me here he wasn't
2: that good. <laughs> uh, honky Tonk Man
1: was all right. He, he was, was okay. He was competent. The reason he they was kept a the much better talker. Than the he reason was they awesome. kept the belt on him was because he was good with the stick, not be,
2: but he had and like also because he, and also because he friend McMahon at one point. But like otherwise, uh, also because
3: he has
2: a honky honk honk honk. <laughs> that was Santino. <laughs> Excuse you. <laughs> There was a point where someone hit, oh yeah, Honky hits, shake, rattle, and roll, and then didn't pin Bret Hart. And Gorilla raised up the good point of like, why hit your finisher and then not pin him? A common thread for this show that I hadn't brought up until I noticed it on my notes. A lot of thumbs to the eye, which we don't see these days. You don't see a lot of people breaking shit up by just thumbing someone in the eye. That is true. Yeah, some fucking street boxing shit. Yeah, uh, okay. match ends with um, Bret Hart hitting like Honky Tonk Man or Valentine with a megaphone to get the pin. Didn't like that. Would a good, bit too heelish for my taste because they were supposed to be baby faces here. If they had just done the heart attack, it would have been fine. Uh, keep this match though. I was also thinking, man, we could use some Hearts versus <laughs> Oof. We recap two Canadian, Canadian for Vince. Two Canadian for Vince. <laughs> uh, we get a recap of the pose Canadian. down between Warrior and Rick Rude to build up for the IC title match. I raised the question for Ultimate Warrior versus Rick Rude for the IC title. Was Rick Rude that sexy?
1: He had he had a, he had a here suit quality to him.
2: He yeah, a, he had a charisma to him. I think it also helped that most of his most of the competition in terms of sexiness were usually just these big chinned hairy fucking muscly beef machines. So it's like I could see how women wouldn't want to be around that. You
1: look like a carpet with a you look like a carpet wrapped around some meat.
2: Yeah, basically. I
3: uh, mean <laughs> he he looked like the jacked love child of, of Burt Reynolds and Freddie Mercury. So I'm
2: big Freddie. <laughs> Uh, early on in the match, Rude goes for, like, a knee to Warrior while he still has the belt on, and it hurts his knee, so that's nice. I like that. I think at one point, Gorilla Monsoon mentioned he wanted more biased referees, <laughs> which is weird. I forgot what the context was. I think it might have followed another Fum in the Ice spot. but I
1: just, like... Don't you mean Marmoset Cloudburst? <laughs>
0: Marmoset Cloudburst?
2: <laughs> God damn. Uh... Uh, Rude reverses a suplex and Heenan puts uh, foot on the ropes for the win. And then Heenan takes the fucking gorilla press that injures him. Thanks,
0: Warrior. We get Yeah, Warrior re- wasn't the most
1: safe guy to work
2: with.
0: Sloppy no. fuck. Anyway, we get Bad
2: News Brown versus Jim What Dugan. he had
1: for enthusiasm, he surely did make up for the fact he
2: injured a lot of people. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. Uh, we got Brown, Bad News Brown versus Jim Duggan. This match was short. It was just a bunch of brawling. And then it ends in a double DQ. God damn it. We, get, we do get a spot of like them two by four versus chair, which I liked. But I would cut this match entirely. It does not need to be here. We get an interview of the Red Rooster where I put down the only note, Terry Taylor, you poor bastard. <laughs> because he is totally going in on the cockadoodle doo and the. Ar, and I'm a rooster man. I'm a rooster man. That was so Two bad.
3: Bruce Pritchard in the distance trying to justify this.
2: I think we actually. I think Ali, when he was talking about something else, actually pointed out that basically. They just drew gimmicks <laughs> from a fucking bag. From an actual bag, and he just got Red Rooster. <laughs> And apparently, just all the shit that he had to deal with, honestly, is on Terry Taylor. We now get Bobby Heenan with the Brooklyn Brawler versus Terry Taylor. Uh, Was he he Red Rooster or just Terry Taylor? He was, I think I put down Terry Taylor. I might have meant to say the Red Rooster. I fucked that up on my notes. But this match was supposed to actually go five minutes but then it got cut short due to, due to the injury Heenan got in the last match, kind of, last two matches, or the match two matches ago. Fuck we injured Heenan twice. <laughs> <laughs> we, we, Heenan got horribly we, he injured. injured. Heenan got
1: injured, then we brought him out, and we just made sure we broke his, broke his <laughs> legs.
2: <laughs> so, like, this match just goes immediately, like, turnbuckle, smack, and just fucking, he, he froze Heenan into the turnbuckle, like, a few times. And then pins him and wins. And then he just gets beat down by by the Brooklyn Brawler after the match. So I had the question of, why not just have, like, Rooster versus Brawler instead? I know that doesn't sound like the most appealing match on paper, but it's a match. I also put down the note, the Red Rooster getting beaten up by the Brawler while while his own music plays. Truly, the lasting image of Terry Taylor's WS career. <laughs> <laughs> this is his WrestleMania moment. WrestleMania. <laughs> we get a we get a bit of a dry promo out of Elizabeth. Me, Gene interviews her about being in the neutral corner for the main event. I'm neutral. Like she's not robotic, but her delivery is just not amazing either.
3: No, she wasn't.
2: And then, like Tony Schiavone, I think he's like standing somewhere. Oh yeah, he's in the back, and then he's like, we cut, and then he's like at arena side or something, where he's at the arena floor, and I put down Tony Schiavone can teleport. <laughs> I can teleport. And then we finally get our main event: Randy Savage versus Hulk Hogan, where uh, Elizabeth's in the neutral corner corner, Turner. but she also comes out to she comes out to Savage's music. But well, she never had her own. Why not just not have her have music, then? Uh, Hogan's theme kicks off just before the chorus, so it's like, if like I gotta be a man. I can't let it slide. I am a real... It doesn't start off with the... I don't know if they edit it in sometimes or not. I feel like this one was played live like this. Uh one thing they acknowledge on commentary is this is like the challenger usually comes out first, which I'm fairly certain is a horrible precedent that they set for later WWE shows where the champion comes out first all the time. I mean, it it really should be the champion comes out last, but (laughs) a lot of ducking out of the mat, like ducking out and kind of running around the match to start off. We got some, some, some great misogynistic quotes from Jesse Ventura, such as, a punch in the nose might not be so bad for her and abroad, and women like her got no place in or around the ring. <laughs> Thank you, Jesse. Uh, Hogan bleeds midway. I think that they like busted him open up on the forehead. So Savage kind of is like punching the forehead, like getting in his eye. Elizabeth, like, you know, she does like interferences on occasion and then Earl Hebner sends her out of the match. Okay. Good. Thanks for bringing the neutral corner into this. And he starts. Uh, Savage starts working the throat. Like he like injures. Like he gets Hogan in the throat, and Hogan starts selling that for a while. There's a nice spot where like Savage chokes Hogan with his wrist tape. I kind of like that.
3: Oh yeah, I do remember that.
2: But like this is mostly just like as I put down, it's a it's a sports entertainment main event. It's a lot of back-and-forth brawling. You know, Savage hits the elbow, kick out, Hulk up, big boot, leg drop. There you go, match over, pay-per-view done.
3: But is there anything else from from commentary that you want to talk about? No. Nothing from lemur water spout.
0: (laughs) Nothing from lemur water spout.
3: We already had that that that. I was holding on to that one. We
2: had the argument of whether or not a lemur actually counts. Because now he brought up Tabuafu. <laughs> so, uh,
3: I was holding on to Lemur Waterspout for 10 minutes. <laughs> oh, my God.
2: Uh, MVP of the night was Arn Anderson, because he was doing just a fantastic job in that in that tag match. Underrated was Owen Hart. The Y segment of the night, Piper's Pit. At some point, Farrah Foster and Ryan O'Neal got mentioned on commentary. I forget when. It might have been during like the Ted DiBiase match. I don't know, but that was WrestleMania Five. Fuck. So, God. if I were,
3: if I were to hazard a guess as to Ali, what did you say the year was? Nineteen
0: ninety-five.
3: Is it a early ECW show?
0: Ha!
3: No. <laughs> In fact, let me take you back to
1: nineteen ninety-five. It's starting to get cold. Halloween is approaching. People are getting to the movie theaters to watch Get Shorty, starring Danny DeVito. <laughs> Breakfast at Tiffany's was starting to become hot on the radio, even though it would never overtake fantasy by Mariah Carey. <laughs> Thank God. And a pay-per-view was playing. WWF In Your House 4 Great White North
2: ah, you, fucked you fucked
1: up your gimmick Let me tell you about Fuck You Mega Fighter yeah, I already
3: guessed Let me, let me tell guessed.
1: you about no, WWF no. In Your House 4 There we go I believe it was emanating from Montreal of course I It was don't in have Winnipeg my...
2: you idiot Was it in, Winni... was it in Winnipeg Winnipeg Arena, yeah.
1: Oh, yeah, it was in Manitoba. All right.
2: Decent crowd,
1: actually, for, like, a weird event that no one gives a shit about.
2: Well, it's because it's Canada, and Bret Hart's there. Probably. (laughs) Kind of. Oh, no, wait, yeah. But, yeah, it's Canada. In Your House
1: was the attempt to make shorter, cheaper pay-per-views that they could sell for $15 or $20 instead of $25 or
0: $30. Yes. Yes, there was... And uh, this one is notorious for being
1: kind of (laughs) bad. But it does start out with the Canadian National Anthem being sung by Joni Wilson. I don't know who that is. (laughs) Yeah, I was going to say, who? And the thing I pointed out was, first of all, it was being played on a MIDI keyboard. (laughs) I could not really tell the National Anthem was being on a fucking MIDI keyboard. And also, for some reason, they showed montages of boats <laughs> while she was singing this. Like, they were trying because to find, it's... like, stereotypical Canadian imagery, so they went with, like, mountains, trees, boats, and, like, some shots of, like, I don't know, like, Winnipeg.
2: Because it was the the
3: Maritimes, I guess?
1: So, yeah, she, she sings the National Anthem. She was okay. There was a weird note at the end where she kind of screamed Land of the Or Home of the Brave. Wait, not Home of the Brave. The end of whatever the Canadian national anthem is. Then we go to a complete, like, sudden change of pace as Mandrill Rainstorm discusses. (laughs) God damn it. A certain thing about Shawn Michaels that happened recently. He has a severe concussion, and he is going to be forfeiting his intercontinental title to Dean Douglas. (laughs)
3: So is this here's... lost
1: your
2: smile, Sean? No, no, that was a little bit later. This Here... is getting your ass kicked by Marines, Sean. He... Oh,
1: that's right. Yeah, Sean got his ass beat at a bar by some Marines. It's either one Marine, five Marines, or seven, according to who's telling it.
3: Yes,
2: it's one Marine according it's... to everyone who isn't Sean. It's, it's... seven Marines according to Sean, <laughs> and it's five Marines according to Zandig. <laughs> <laughs> So here's the thing about this
1: Wolverine, show. I
3: think, according to the police report,
1: and here's the thing about this show: there were almost zero angles. Almost all of it was wrestling. So I kind of feel like I got jibbed a little bit by getting at this at the end.
2: But to ah, be fair,
1: no. my show was two hours, and his were his was four. <laughs> so I,
3: I went on not. for an hour, about an hour and thirty-seven minutes. <laughs> So, before
1: we actually get to wrestling, we have to do the In Your House intro intercut with uh, footages, uh, footage of Canadian people grilling hot dogs
2: at half frame rate. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and you can't guess what I'm grilling, eh? <laughs> Why
1: did
3: you do an Australian accent? Terrible
1: CGI of in your being the WWF. Canadian Bob Dylan, how dare you? <laughs> a terrible CGI of the WWF logo entering to your house. And we start with uh, McMahon, JR, and King. And let me tell you something about McMahon. He won't shut the fuck up. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, God. So, anyway, yeah, McMahon will not stop talking this whole fucking show. He is talking over King. He's talking over JR. JR got, like, five lines. (laughs) So I guess we'll start with the first match by making a difference here comes fatu what we gonna do clean it up he's making a difference he's doing it for the kids ah my spoon (laughs) well what you gonna do with that spoon clean it up so i do not know what this gimmick is (laughs) <laughs> it's, that, it's that he wants to,
2: like, reach out to the kids on the
1: street? Yeah, but, like, he's wearing, like, a like an eight-colored jacket, but then he just takes it off, and he's just a Samoan guy <laughs> when he wrestles.
2: He grew up on the hard life of Florida. <laughs> I assume he grew up in Florida. Most I don't... No, I, cu- Florida. I was trying
1: to find that scar he has on his chest, and I don't know if he got it yet. He has a
2: scar on his chest? Yeah, Bukishi has a scar on his chest. I've never noticed it it's because right, I've usually been... It's right next to his titty. It's just... I. It's usually because they're too busy showing me his ass to notice these things. So, uh, Fatu is visibly
1: thinner than when he's Rikishi, but his ass was still fucking big as fuck in those tight, like, dark blue tights he was wearing. Who is he facing? Hunter Hearst Helmsley. <laughs>
2: I can kind of get the logic behind this match it's the, it's the street guy trying to make a difference lower class type So there was a
1: segment on uh, Monday Night Raw or it was either Monday Night Raw or like Saturday Superstars or whatever the fuck it was called where pretty much Triple H sprayed pr- like sprayed perfume all
2: over Fet2, and pissed Fet2 off <laughs> and didn't blind him like fucking Rick Martel amateur hour shit here Hunter so Fatu's the face. Every time he gets on the offense,
1: he dances on him. <laughs> he d- just he dances on Triple H pretty much.
2: So this is like a prototype to the Rikishi gimmick.
1: Yeah, Triple H does some pretty basic heel work. He he th- he throws Fatu into the ropes and does that kind of like rope choke thing that he does. This match was actually pretty okay. Like they, they both could fucking go and the crowd didn't give a fuck. <laughs> Yeah, they did not give a fuck. But like this match was pretty good. Vince McMahon wouldn't shut the fuck up. <laughs> he he called Triple H obsequious, which you know ten dollar word. <laughs> really,
2: McMahon? I feel, I feel like that's a thing with Vince's commentary. Ten dollar words, and I think you mentioned you'll mention this later. You brought this up while we were while you were watching the Mad or the show. What's really funny is he like, has like fat two
1: Fat two is the kind of guy who uh, shit, sorry.
2: He is the kind of guy who <laughs> or Fatu shit, was
1: but... ang- Fatou was angry at Hunter Hearst Helmsley and he attacked him while he was still in his like, uh, regent coat.
2: Yeah, he hadn't taken off his coat yet.
1: And what's really funny is, like, as they wrestle and Hunter keeps taking off things, I just found it funny that it just, he slowly becomes Triple H. <laughs> <laughs> just, like, shirt off, ponytail off, weird ribbon off, and it's just like, now I'm now I'm Triple H, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, here's the other thing that happened in this match. Lawler wouldn't stop shitting on Fat Fatou, apparently, lives in a house where he has named every cockroach. And then I made the, those are the Usos King. You
2: can't just. Call ah! them them. Oh. oh god, Rob's missing this. No, I'm not. Okay, there you are.
1: Like, McMahon is talking so much that JR just can't even fucking talk. And, like, so King suggests that, like, Fatu uses RAID for armpit deodorant. <laughs> I actually don't mind that one.
2: (laughs) After no
1: selling a DDT from Triple H, you did it wrong. Triple H does win with a pedigree.
2: (laughs) Have we we introduced that gimmick yet of talking about how Jake Roberts is the only person who knows how to properly do a DDT? So Hunter rolls out and... uh, King hands him
1: a mic and pretty much asks him... He he pretty much tries to get the joke he made just earlier with the raid armpit deodorant over with, with Hunter. And Hunter ignores it, and he's trying to cut an angry Triple H promo, but keeping the accent. So it's like, You! 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 <laughs> Lawler asks if Triple H knows that Fatu smells like a dead skunk. And Triple H is just like... Oh, he's very odorous. uh and coming up behind him very slowly is Henry Godwin with a fucking bucket of slop.
2: What? <laughs> what is in the slop bucket? Slop. <laughs> like have they ever? Has, it, has Bruce Pritchard ever revealed what? Not the slop yet. I'm on like episode.
1: Know. I'm on like episode seven, and currently I know it's one an, time. Currently, it, it's an uncomfortable
2: discussion about like Crispin while dying. So. <laughs> Wow. I know that at one point there's, there's a long... I don't know if this is just rumor or not, that one time the slop bucket was filled with shit and that that was for Sonny. But I don't know what else the slop bucket has ever had. So yeah, pretty much Henry Godwin just
1: chases Hunter out of the arena with a bucket of slop. And then we cut to the back with a British Bulldog and Jimmy Corn Dog. <laughs>
3: What?
1: Jim Cornette. <laughs> oh. Because British Bulldog is being managed by Jim Cornette. And, you know, they talk about their match. I didn't really point out anything here. But we do have the next segment coming up, which is the Smoking Guns versus 123Kid and Scott Hall. First of huh. all, they, uh, <laughs> I noticed that Scott Hall exclusively calls... Uh, Mr. McMahon, Mr. McMahon, because he's um, Razor Ramon. <laughs> yeah, he's still doing. He's still doing the Cuban accent. Sean Waldman, here, no chin. Scott Hall, drunk meter. He had one beer and doing finger guns at Billy and Bart Gun. <laughs> <laughs> he's not doing the spooky fingers. No, no, but um. Waltman did do the did, did do the too sweet. Uh, Sean Waltman's good. <laughs> like I didn't realize this when I was younger.
2: Sean Waltman's really fucking good. Oh, you got you got like Sean Waltman after he had all like gone gotten broken down in the ring. Yeah. And on drugs. And, and on, on a lot on, of drugs. Oh, no, he oh, could fucking
1: he fucking he he could fucking go. Like it was mostly a match of Razor Ramon just kind of sitting around waiting because he's got a match later tonight and 123 Kid doing a lot of the work.
0: <laughs> I remember the uh oh, there was this one thing where they
1: like cut to Dean Douglas just sitting in a classroom taking notes
3: <laughs> of this match that he was watching. <laughs> Oh, yeah, I seem to remember that. <laughs> the
1: Also, there was a missed spot that Vince got very angry about but tried to play it off where pretty much what happened was um, Kid got pinned, Scott Hall tried to break it up, but the ref counted to two and then couldn't count to three because Hall wasn't there yet. <laughs> Uh, I hate that. And like he I, kicked I he, he broke up the pin shit. he broke up the pin with a kick, but Vince was like, Oh he 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 he, he kicked out of that before Hall could break it up. <laughs> like he clearly didn't fucking kick out, the ref just stopped counting.
3: <laughs> uh. Why didn't he just call the referee crooked? I don't know. I don't know. Was there, there
2: was an
1: extended segment about pretty much who's holding the tag rope and the ref yelling at both one of the guns and Scott Hall about holding the fucking tag rope. <laughs> Hall eventually gets the razor's edge, but 123 kid wants to do the pin. So he tags out. Uh, 123 kid goes up for the pin and just gets rolled up and loses. <laughs> Wow! In response to this, 123Kid freaks the fuck out. Razor Ramon just hands the guns the belt and leaves. Because he's got another match. We cut to the back and we find Doc Hendricks talking to cardboard cutouts of HBK and Bret Hart. Uh, (laughs) What? (laughs) He talks about how wouldn't it be sexy to have Shawn Michaels, the Heartbreak Kid's cardboard cutout in your house ladies <laughs> what do you think bret hart it's like oh yeah you can't talk <laughs> it was really weird hey kids Didn't wouldn't it be great to have char michael standing over you while you sleep at all times watching <laughs> you <laughs> <laughs> Stop, wouldn't it be
3: great to have bret hart judging everything you do Doc Hendrick's selling I you do sharp shooter, i do the
2: sharpshooter... i do the sharpshooter better than that. <laughs> Doc Hendrick's selling you ghetto Shawn Michaels Daki <laughs> I think...
1: So, next up, we've got Marty Janetti versus Gold Dust, And I think this is Goldust's debut. <laughs> because they kept saying it was his debut, and I never know what these fucking people... Vince will do this thing where, like, he'll say something never happened before, but, like, if you have basic knowledge and tapes, you could probably go find instances of that happening. They did something weird with his entrance. He came in with no lights. He just walked in with no lights, and the camera's just flashing, and it hurt my fucking eyes.
2: (laughs) Oh, yeah. Uh, this is his debut match. Yeah, I
1: figured this is his debut match. Finally, Gold, his... You know, his theme went pretty hard back in the day. Uh, it, so, it's
2: a great theme.
1: You know, he takes off his um he takes off his coat, reveals his bodysuit, and oh Lord, he's fat. <laughs> he is fat. <laughs> oh shit, I'm sorry, I forgot Marty Gennetti came out first. Marty Gennetti did what, come out first, and he looked like shit. <laughs> like, I
3: was about to say, and he's fat.
1: Here's, the th- like, here's what Marty Janetti looked like back then. He looked like current day Marty Janetti, <laughs> but with hair.
2: <laughs> like, I showed you that picture of the Rockers earlier. And,
1: and he wore, like, these strange tassels.
3: Like, these strange... Yeah, I do remember that.
1: Let me see if I can find a picture of him from...
3: In he looks House like... Four. You remember how, how a couple of years ago in the 2K games, they had Undertaker... Like younger Undertaker, but it was his current face.
1: Oh yeah, they also did (laughs) that with Kurt Angle. Remember, like 2001, Kurt Angle, who was like 45. (laughs) I think I found one, and
3: and that's what Marty Jannetty looked like at this time.
1: Yes. (laughs) Look
2: at Marty (laughs)
0: Jannetty. He got like a monkey face. Goldust is... he's pretty good. He's just fat-looking, weirdly.
1: I don't know if the gold suit is... 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 complimenting. It's very form-fitting. You can see his love handles. You can see his ass. <laughs> you can...
2: And yet, he still probably looks better than Marty out there.
1: A little bit. But yeah, fucking... I think we made a uh, point that they pointed out that Goldust is 6'6". <laughs>
2: Yeah. No, I don't like, think he was. <laughs> he would've he, honestly I think like more people have argued that he would have been six five at the time and six four nowadays, because he lost an inch.
1: So Vince keeps trying to get certain phrases for each wrestler over, which is something I noticed and something that a lot of the commentators nowadays do because Vince is shouting in their ear. He tries to he, he tries to do this like verbal tick thing where like you associate certain words with certain wrestlers, like little phrases, little statements like bizarre or big dog. <laughs> or, uh, later on with Diesel, Big Daddy Cool, you know, he would just repeat them over and over and over and fucking over and over. And he wouldn't stop. And he kept fucking talking the whole goddamn pay-per-view about it. Like, he's trying to associate these catchphrases with people, or, like, these little catch syllables or catch statements about each of his wrestlers, and it's fucking annoying. I hate it.
2: <laughs> ah, look at him. He's bizarre. He's... He's, he's, he's bizarre. He's androgynous. androgynous. It's really... just. It's like that with, with Vince. Lawler spends this
1: whole match shitting on Canada. This match is a little bit on the long side and it drags towards the end, but it was pretty good. Uh, Lawler kept saying Bella Lugosi was in the crowd watching, watching Dust wrestle. And well, first of all, Bella
2: Lugosi's dead. Second, undead, undead, undead.
1: <laughs> and yeah, second of all, they cut to someone in the crowd, and it's just a guy with like fake makeup on his face. I think it was because it was near Halloween or something.
3: Yeah.
2: Yeah, first of all. Which is, which is weird, because in Canada, don't they celebrate Halloween later? They even celebrate Halloween in Canada?
3: I, I was about to make a joke about Bo Lugosi dealing Goldust drugs, but... I'm pretty sure Goldust didn't have a heroin habit. So,
1: Goldust beats Marty Jannetty. I don't think he had a finisher. He just sort of beat him with, like, a cutter.
2: Huh. They hadn't yet worked out the final cut. Okay, uh, and then we cut to the weird, Nothing.
1: reoccurring segment on this show, the WWF Hotline, <laughs> where you see footage of a sad-looking one-two-three kid and a annoyed-looking Razor Ramon talking on a big red telephone with the phone number one nine hundred seven two
3: seven four WWF. I wonder if that's the same. Big red phone that Stu Hart called Cornette on asking why uh, Diana looks like a whore.
2: What? <laughs> it's a it's a story about how like during like the Diana or the Shawn Michaels British Bulldog thing. And Shawn like hitting on Diana or something. Or I don't Diana know if I wanna I
1: don't know if I wanna call one WWF. <laughs>
2: I mean We called one nine
1: Godfather last
2: week. <laughs> Call- if that didn't work, this is an actual one nine hundred number. Yeah, so. it might charge me. <laughs> it might actually charge you. I mean, let's be honest, how many minutes do you have on your phone? Um, one one thousand two hundred. <laughs> <laughs> I think you can handle calling one nine hundred seven two seven four W A.
3: It's gonna be a sex line, so don't Mega Feder. Do you
2: do I have to be the phone guy every week? You're much more composed than I am on telephone calls. Fine, fine. We're doing this. Fine. All right. Okay.
1: Let's get... All right, everyone calm down. We're going to get it on speaker. First of all, I got to type the phone number. So we got... I got to turn it up for comedic effect. Hold on. I'm kind of a boomer when it comes to phones, if you guys haven't
0: noticed. Okay, I heard that. Okay, here we go. Okay, I I don't dial. hear the. Is check it dialing? The and dial
3: again. Announcement. Oh. Or your
1: call cannot be completed as dialed. Please
3: check the number and dial again. God damn it! Okay, fine. <laughs> 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 well, that's disappointing. They You're had another. An- they
1: had another number for like buying a shirt, but I don't remember that line.
4: <laughs> we'll look anyway, later. we got
1: a recap of Undertaker got injured by King Mabel, and will be returning at Summersl or at Survivor Series because Mabel is a klutzy fuck and pretty much blew out Taker's orbital bone on a leg drop. Yep. <laughs> Thus, bringing this match: King Mabel versus Yokozuna.
2: Dear your oh, fucking no. god. <laughs> it, this is why you picked the show, isn't it? Yes. <laughs>
3: In a match of who's fatter,
1: Yokozuna by a long shot. He was almost seven hundred pounds at this time.
2: <laughs> he was he was out of the svelte era of of Yokozuna. So
3: first of all, the... I, I think we should point out that Yokozuna at one point in time was an amazing wrestler. Oh yeah, he was fantastic. And
1: actually in shape, he could fucking go for his big ass, but he got <laughs> super fat and. First of all, there was a segment with uh, Jim Cornette, who's also managing also managing Yokozuna for some reason.
3: <laughs> yeah, they had him manage Yokozuna because uh, Fuji couldn't... It took so long for Mr. Fuji to get to the ring that the match was half over by the time he got there. So also, they which, know,
2: when, which is impressive when you've got
1: Yokozuna. <laughs> so they had Jim Cornette talking, and then they would just zoom into Yokozuna's face, and he had a beard. And they would just zoom into his face and hold it there for, like, a minute, then zoom out. Jim Cornette tries to get back in frame, and then they zoom back into Yokozuna's face again. (laughs) And he's doing nothing. (laughs) (laughs) Except for, like, doing that kind of, like, holding his lips to his nose kind of look. The sneer? Yeah. Mm. (laughs) Anyway, first comes Mabel, led by, uh... I believe it was Sir Mo because Sir king, Mo. he won King of the Ring recently. And King Mabel, with his king hat, crown, <laughs> king hat, <laughs> kind of on the side of his head, on a throne, being carried by four very unhappy-looking men.
2: <laughs> I, think, I think two of them might have been the Hardys. These are, these are definitely developmental guys, but... And you could see it was, like, clearly
1: leaning to one side. Because <laughs> the guy couldn't hold up fucking King Mabel. And they looked so not happy. I, w- I would
3: have laughed so hard if you told me that it collapsed under the weight. <laughs> Just falls through the fucking thing.
1: Jim Cornette coming out, loving those big Yokozuna titties. Yokozuna could barely get up the fucking stairs. <laughs> he was massive. His his ass is so goddamn big that you could see when King Mabel walked that you could see fucking Yokozuna's booty ripple on each step of King Mabel <laughs> and it was the most horrifying thing I've ever seen.
3: <laughs> The cameraman got in there. (laughs) Undertaker once described Yokozuna sitting down as like, you know, standing up. He's only so tall, but sitting down, the size of his ass is so big that he towers over you sitting down. (laughs) But yes,
1: he, he completely stretched out his like red trunks he's known for wearing. To the Christ. point that you could just see every chunk of ass and butt and thigh that Yokozuna possessed. <laughs> Holy shit. The amount of swamp ass going on in this match.
3: <laughs>
1: Cause Mabel's wearing this big purple trash bag over like a
2: bodysuit.
3: My, My mother, mother fell out pity.
2: Thank God they're in Canada. <laughs> and it's and it's fucking wintertime or fall. If they did this at SummerSlam, my god, the smell. McMahon and King spent this whole match
1: shitting on how fat they were. <laughs> like As, talking about gravitational I mean, pull and fucking feeling earthquakes and shit. <laughs> I mean, that's all you've got at this point. I feel like Vince is trying to send a fucking message here. they couldn't do anything with each other like I told Mega Fighter while I was watching this he didn't know what I was watching specifically but I told him about the
2: Yokozuna Mabel match I, I think he mentioned like there was a match with just so much fat and I knew that it was like Mabel versus Yokozuna and i genuinely was like i couldn't remember the pay-per-view it was attached to these guys couldn't do anything against
1: each other neither of them could lift each other neither of them could run neither of them could climb anything they were just punching each other and really slowly running the ropes <laughs> and maybe slapping each other's titties and slapping each other's titties and every leg drop they did missed and and, get, was and there was a moment say. there was a moment where king mabel pushed fucking yokozuna off the apron and then just jumped down and i've never been more afraid in my life <laughs> because i thought his fucking shitty little legs were going to explode
2: <laughs> we saw that we saw that dude with the fucking wolfpack music playing behind him when his legs like fucking like folded on themselves oh, that backyard guy the backyard guy yeah,
1: yeah.
2: So, least, so i was thinking he was gonna
1: get a repeat of that Anyway, more big fat guys fucking jostling and wobbling like you're slapping two big bowls of fucking jello.
3: <laughs> I was getting ready to say, you already said leg drop, so that answered my question, but I was like, could either of them bump?
1: That happens for a little bit. Cornet tries to, Cornet tries to, like, run in and help Yokozuna, and Yokozuna <laughs> fucking falls on Cornette. <laughs> oh, no. And pins him to the ground. <laughs> As Cornette fears for his goddamn life, and the match ends in a double countout.
3: <laughs> God damn it.
1: And what happens afterward? They hug. Yokozuna kidding, guys, and say, Mabel hug. Do they get a crane to remove Yokozuna from <laughs> Jim Cornette? He got off eventually. I think, I think Jim Cornette was 35% flatter when he got back in the ring. <laughs> anyway so match of the night the main event was sponsored by Milton Bradley Karate Fighters
2: but it is not the main event just yet (laughs) that was Ali shouted 90s alert when he saw Milton Bradley Karate Fighters For those who don't know, Milton Bradley Karate Fighters were basically like Rock'em Sock'em robots. They were Rock'em
1: Sock'em robots, except instead of throwing hooks and uppercuts, they would just fucking, like, high-kick each other. (laughs) And it looked (laughs) terrible.
2: (laughs) They plugged this a lot during, like, 1995 WEF. It was weird. Anyway, uh, we have this segment with Dean Douglas
1: coming out. As Shawn Michaels, who is wearing a blue leather coat with yellow and red checkerboard patterns on it.
3: <laughs> yes.
1: Has to go forfeit his title, and he looks very sad about it. <laughs> also, he looks vaguely fucked up by the sailor who kicked his ass. <laughs> Slash sailor. It was
2: It was a marine. Or sailors. <laughs> I'm trying to make a fucking Shenmu joke. coming down. Sailors and Marines are very different people, and I'm fairly although, sure we're gonna have
3: a we're gonna although, have a Marine coming in on us. if, you, if you, you ask any member of the Navy, uh the Marines are part of the Navy.
2: There's gonna be a Marine fucking yelling at both of you. To, well, shut up, John Cena. Anyway. <laughs>
1: anyway, no, you,
3: our, the Miz is gonna yell at us. I was about to say, with our luck, it's the Miz.
1: <laughs> anyway I find it really weird that Sean had to relinquish the title specifically to Dean Douglas <laughs> so this just counts as a title reign for Dean Douglas you think it would be vacated and then Dean Douglas would fight Scott Hall over it because Scott F- Hall's double booked this night but no isn't, I guess
3: isn't, isn't this the burial of Dean Douglas where he gets the title and then immediately loses it oh yeah he yeah. loses
1: it
2: immediately <laughs> mm-hmm. I I wonder if he was given like a number one contendership or something. Like this was a planned match and then they had to change it. I don't know. Anyway, uh these are this is one of the last two
1: matches and I started to peter out a little bit because I'd sort of like they started getting worse after the two big fat boy battle that happened. After
3: that, <laughs> you were just done. It's hard to imagine that Shane Douglas versus Oh, he's Dean Douglas, but Dean Douglas versus Scott Hall. Here's the thing Razor Ramon was
1: already exhausted from the fucking match that he just did an hour ago, and also being on the WWE hotline that doesn't work! (laughs) (laughs) Come on, guys, I want to talk to Scott Hall. I want to talk to Sean Waltman. I want to ask how he's doing. (laughs) How's your asshole? Hey, man, have you ever
3: considered entering a Dave Grohl look-alike contest? he <laughs> probably make second.
1: After Dave Grohl. <laughs> Dave Grohl won the Dave Grohl look-alike contest. No, Dave Grohl will come in third. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. Scott Hall's already tired and works half this match doing rest holds. <laughs> Eventually the match finally picks up and they start getting over on each other and eventually Hall wins by pretty much like they're collapsed on top of each other and um, Razor Ramon just sort of like lands in a way where his leg and arm are over Dean Douglas's arm and leg (laughs) and that's
0: the pin.
3: (laughs) Wow. I wonder Shane Douglas left WWF pissed
1: off. Anyway, Shawn Michaels is on the uh, WWF hotline. <laughs> he is he's got a like a one of his eyes is black and one of them has like blood in it and he's got like a sad little look on his kinda small maybe face. We, we you said it's Sean the WWF Mike.
3: hotline, but is he actually negotiating how many Silmas he can <laughs> give for a blowjob? <laughs>
2: Man, I wanted to call Shawn Michaels and ask him how many Marines it was that kicked his ass. So,
1: Bret Hart comes out, and the crowd just goes nuclear, even though they've been dead all fucking night. Because, that you know, Bret Canada. Hart is God. <laughs> so, God of wrestling and leg locks, Bret Hart.
2: God of Canada, Bret he Hart. He decides
1: to join on commentary, which is not the greatest thing for him to be on, but whatever. Oh. But currently, oh, no! But Doc Hendricks is trying to sell a very ugly Shawn Michaels and Diesel <laughs> shirt, <laughs> <laughs> with the with two bad boys on the front. <laughs> I thought wasn't it two but, dudes with attitude? Yeah, two dudes with attitude. But oh. okay,
3: Bret Hart's on commentary. They What's had a amazing? they had a
1: hotline to buy this shirt, but I don't. I didn't write it down. <laughs> we'll go back for it later.
3: They put Bret Hart on commentary. So what's the main event? Yeah, it's
1: Diesel and British Bulldog for the WWF Championship.
3: I like half of this match.
2: Uh, This doesn't
1: sound like a half.
2: This doesn't sound like a bad match. It's a big daddy.
3: wasn't. It's a big
1: daddy. Cool Diesel, the big man, the big bad attitude man, Big Daddy Cool Diesel, Hong Kong Diesel. (laughs)
2: <laughs> um, Diesel needed like
3: you know really good wrestlers to... and you're saying that that Davey Boy isn't a really good wrestler he is a really good wrestler he's not what I would call a, a ring general though. Brett looked out of his well, goddamn he, mind well when he's not drugged down to
2: the gourd
3: yeah uh, or Brett looked like he was
1: bored out of his goddamn mind uh, really early on after a pretty hot start and a pretty sick outside dive by uh, Davey Boy We kind of end up with, Kevin Nash strains something, and now his speed has gone from, like, can kinda run to, holy fuck. (laughs) He is so goddamn slow and sluggish, and this match just dies. (laughs) Oh no, tore my quad again. I don't think he tore his quad, but I did think he strained it.
3: He wouldn't be able to work at all if he tore his squad.
1: I think he strained it because he could barely fucking move and they spent half this match laying in the ring and the cheers for Bret Hart just slowly turned into just like cheddar and just like
3: woo. (laughs) I mean up until the modern era Diesel was like the worst drawing WWF champion.
1: Bulldog puts in a sharpshooter, and Brett just goes, I need to show him how to put it on right. That's not how you put it on. You didn't put Mm -hmm. on the sharpshooter right. (laughs) And then Vince McMahon would be like, yeah, but he's strong, so it makes up for that. And it's like, no, that's not how you do the sharpshooter. You're not leaning back
2: all the way. (laughs) (laughs) And Vince McMahon quietly thinks of how he can fire Brett. (laughs) Eventually, Bulldog just comes
1: out and slaps Bret Hart in the face. (laughs) Oh, and, so that's where that's going. So, Bret Hart just runs into the ring and starts punching him, and it ends in a DQ after 18 minutes. <laughs> this match went on for 18 minutes!
2: It ends in a DQ. It ends
1: in a fucking DQ! <laughs> There's like a big pull-apart brawl as the fucking timekeeper keeps ringing the bell over and over and over again.
2: I hate when they, I hate when they do that. I hate when time. And people- that's how we end the pay per view. <laughs> <laughs> like just, I like, We get I, it. I get it. There's we a do. fucking
1: Bret Hart feud that you want to do with British Bulldog. You just but- did a non-title finish after an 18-minute match where I had to watch Diesel drag his slow ass across the ring to fight British Bulldog. <laughs> um, oh, here we got your money. I mean, after the uh, pay per view is over, Vince apparently slammed his headphones down when you're fucking, this is fucking bullshit, screamed at Kevin Nash, and then ran to the back to go yell at Bruce Pritchard some more.
3: (laughs) (laughs) I mean, um, I was going to say one positive. That's definitely a positive. I would have wanted to witness that. (laughs) Um, But (laughs) I was going to say one positive is did this lead to. Bulldog versus Brett at Wembley. I think so. Wait, no, that was, that was years bef- ago. That was
1: before this. They mentioned that. That was before this. Yeah. Oh no.
2: Hold on, fucking Bulldog! Bulldog Brett at Wembley was like ninety-two.
1: Yeah, that was oh. way before this. They mentioned that in the hype well, package. They I, mentioned I, that I'm in the hype. P- they mentioned that for years. the. They mentioned that for the hype package where the Mattel Karate Fighters were. <laughs>
3: So uh, no, this didn't lead to that,
1: and I'll say the first no. two
3: matches were like
1: good TV quality matches. Like they all went like over ten minutes for the most part, and then Yokozuna versus Maple happened, and then I felt Match my soul die. <laughs> Match of the night. I felt my soul die. Match of the night. <laughs>
3: So much jiggling. Uh, commence <laughs> the jiggling. Commence <laughs> the jiggling.
2: And the sound of jiggly skin.
3: Anyway, um... I'm going to send in an email to Jim Cornette's podcast asking how it felt to be squished by Yoga <laughs> <laughs> That was our first episode
1: of So Let Me Tell You About... Um, if you guys like it, we'll do more. If you don't like it, we'll burn this in a fire. <laughs> Follow us at at Wrestle Boys on Twitter. Also, we are Rassle Boys on Spotify, Overcast, some other stuff. Anchor. Not iTunes. Not iTunes. We're. I, I'll. I'll. I'll fix that later. Don't worry. YouTube.com. You probably find it if you googled it. I don't. <laughs>
3: I'm stealing I'm stealing, uh, Big E's gimmick. Um, don't follow me.
1: <laughs>
3: Slick Rob, you can follow at... <laughs> no, uh, you can find my Twitch channel, twitch.tv slash Slick Rob. You can watch don't, him... And don't subscribe to his Twitch channel. You can watch
1: him get cucked by his girlfriend.
3: <laughs> Do not subscribe to my Twitch channel. <laughs> Do not ring the bell. Do not follow. <laughs> You I gotta, can't find me. You Ever. can't find me. <laughs> yes, you can. You can find him in your bushes watching you from, with binoculars.
2: Uh, you can find me in your house four.
1: <laughs> so, I gotta head off and scrape the image of Yokozuna's
2: ass cheeks out of my brain. Uh, I gotta go off and continue to plant the image of Yokozuna's ass cheeks into his brain. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> And I'm going to go jiggle. So as we always (laughs) say...